0: I like that your
1: pad lights up Oh, thank you. Because yes. I, I, I had it for like three years, and I just never used it. And then when we were setting up the studio again, my buddy David, like his whole life is like wire management, so he helped me like redo all this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you should just put it in the middle. It'll look cool. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we get coasters, a light in the middle. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, it is, it's like one big coaster. It's perfect. Yeah.
1: Um, we we could just start here. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi. I am so very happy (laughs) to meet you. You are a hell of a performer. Thank you. Um, I, I saw you guys for the first time in, I want to say it's earlier this year at Launchpad. And then I saw you again at Summerfest and fuck. (laughs) 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 You, you guys are a bunch of killers. Yeah, thank you. All of you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, congratulations on your uh, streaming show you got coming out on Friday. Thank you. Definitely want to get into that for sure. <laughs> uh, before we do, uh, get a little bit of this. Yes. There you go. However much you like. No.
0: Um, Let's. Well, I oh. mean, in, in <laughs> tradition, you, I can't pour for myself. Yes, you this is true. You know.
1: This is very true. Just let me know when. That's perfect. All right. Thank perfect.
0: you. Because, I mean, the beautiful thing is you can always pour more. Right,
1: you are a whiskey person. (laughs) All right,
0: I'm uh, stoked to be here. I'm very stoked. Well, cheers. Yes, thank you
1: so much. This is an absolute pleasure. I know I said I wanted to start at the beginning, but I got I got to put this out in the front because I know a lot of people want want you to hear this like front coming from me. Like I I've had the privilege of meeting so many musicians in this town. Mm And there's a couple common denominators. Mm-hmm. And one of those common denominators is you're the top. You are <laughs> the, like I was telling you in our messages, you are the queen of Albuquerque music.
0: Oh, man. Thank you. And
1: the, the amount of respect that you have garnered from, I'm talking like, like punk, metal, uh, whatever you qualify the mango cakes as. Because they do so many different things. They all love the shit out of you. Yeah. thank so you grace you, you grace, <laughs> Thanks, you grace this Thank you <laughs> as your queen I think <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> No I mean I'm I'm very that makes me very happy to hear and I mean I'm I'm blessed you know I feel like that is something that if you had asked me 12 years ago when I started in this scene in this scene in particular and in doing music like I would never have thought I'd be here you know, where I am, because I really, like, it occurred to me years ago that, like, the community is what you make it, and it isn't necessarily, like, I mean, you can get into somewhere, and it's it's scary. It's scary jumping into a scene. It's scary being an artist, being a musician. It's scary putting yourself out there, right, and... and That's why I'll never do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, to to do it in, in a scene that necessarily isn't welcoming mm. and might be hard for some people, and I was like, I want to build a community in that, you know? And and really, I feel like I grew up with a lot of, a lot of people who've been on your show, like The Rhythms. I like grew up with them. We, we started as baby bands together. And awesome guys. Played awesome guys. Um, and, and just, it's grown so, so much. To, and so to know that I have been an influential part of that makes me very happy and just makes me beam. That's so.
2: awesome.
1: That is, that is, I'm not even going to add to that. That's just awesome. So, 12 years ago is when you started music professionally. Um, mm-hmm. Are you born or raised here in Albuquerque?
0: So, not born, but raised. Okay. Um, and I actually grew up in the mountains. I grew up out in Sandia Park in Tejaris. Okay. Um, and uh, shout out to the East Mountains. <laughs>
1: but New Mexico through Mountain and through. Kid. Through and through. That's through and awesome. through New Mexico. Yeah. That's so um cool.
0: And I started actually music when I was in high school, so I actually started, my first band was with a, I called it my old man band, but I played with a bunch of my high school friends' dads. Oh, okay. And I started doing covers with them because in the mountains there, if you went with your parents, you know, you didn't have to leave. at at midnight well I had to leave at midnight but I, (laughs) I didn't have to leave in general I could like play yeah and uh and yeah I started playing music there and then really stepped into my own I think career as a musician in 12 years ago with red light camera
1: I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at chop chili company guys this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico and they are online as well as in stores they can be found at Smith's Alberson sprouts, John Brooks and Lowe's corner market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here and they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website chopchilico.com and get yourself some amazing chili today. That's kick ass. So has music like growing up prior to that was music always a part of your life? Was it a like was it something you looked at and you're like I this is a lot more than like something that I love. This is something I want to do eventually. This is something I really want to you know, dedicate my time to? Or did that gradually grow on you as you grew up?
0: Uh, I mean, I was always kind of a loud kid, <laughs> like, in general. <laughs> You're in good <laughs> company.
1: <laughs> You're in <laughs> you know, <laughs> good
0: company. Uh, my mom uh, called me Motormouth Um because I just could talk when I was little. Um, but I, I sang and loved and loved to just, like, put on shows and do things. And um, I watched old movies with my grandma a lot, and they have so much, like... Dance and just theater to it. And I'm a theater kid through and through. So I, my, my parents kind of embraced that. And really, I'm, being Filipino, we have a very performer culture. <laughs> um, and it was really, I was lucky enough that my family embraced it. You know, my mom really did and was like, okay, let's put you through lessons. Let's have you go through music lessons. And so I started singing and That's worked awesome. on you know it and worked on musicals and kind of mastering that craft and did a little opera for a little while and oh wow kind of i i did <laughs> a, <laughs> that's that's so cool for for a hot minute <laughs> opera singing is very is a whole other challenge but it but it's a muscle yeah. right so learning how to use my muscle in all different ways was my goal and i mean i took a whole like lesson on scream singing and on growling and it just just to do it safely you know, so that I can...
1: I now have a new <laughs> mission. My mission is now to get the red light cameras to do a fry scream in one of their songs. Oh. Or do a deep growl <laughs> in one of your songs. Oh, Go little. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: so cool. Challenge
1: accepted. <laughs> That's awesome. I went to... I've been to one opera in my entire life, and it was when I was really little. hmm Fan uh, of the Opera came through. I was like maybe like seven or eight years old.
0: That's a good starter opera. And,
1: and I had just seen the movie, the like the old school one, though, the black and white from like the early 50s, I think it was when mm-hmm. it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, I was like, wow, this is so sweet. But the only vivid, and I feel like, because I want to re watch it as an adult, like the actual performance of it as an adult now, so I can take it all in. Because mm-hmm. as being as a kid, the only memory I have is there's a scene. Or at the end of it, they are raising the phantom up, and the poor actor hit his head on one of the beams. <gasps>
2: oh,
1: and, and we weren't like in the nosebleeds, this is in Pope Joy so we uh-huh. were like in the bag, we're back in the, about in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, me and my dad. And so he's raising up, hits his head on the beam, and you just hear. Fuck. <laughs>
0: And and you know that that had to hurt.
1: Oh, yeah. Because
0: actors endure so much stuff. Yes. Like, oh, and it is all about the fake that
1: that had to hurt. Yeah. Well, because I remember them (laughs) raising him kind of fast. Like, even my little brain was like, that's going a little quick. And then. Bam! Oh. So, yeah, I would love to see that again as an adult. But anyway, anyway, so you're experimenting everywhere and you start playing music with your dad's, like or your friend's uh, parents' band. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of music are they playing?
0: So, it, like, Roots Rock okay. covers, essentially. Like, okay. And I did a lot of, like, Otis Redding and Janis Joplin and Aretha oh, nice. Franklin and uh, CCR. And it's just, it it, it roots, You know, and I learned also very soulful a lot, a lot, a lot, and that was where my that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) No,
1: seeing you guys perform, seeing you perform, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I feel like and and Aretha Franklin's double album was my first like disc set. Oh wow, that like I I remember loving, and then it kind of from like I mean going through my parents' catalogs, right? Like loved Aretha's. And then I started exploring a little more. My stepdad was like an '80s, like early '70s, like Van Halen dude, yeah. you know. So introduced me to the Pixies and Susie and the Banshees, and kind of like melded it in this way of, ooh, yeah. like singing doesn't necessarily have to be pretty always either, you know. Like, and it, you can have all of these different sounds and feelings and different and and that's what I as a performer want to like bring through you know is that it can be sometimes it's it's yucky and sometimes it's not necessarily (laughs) the prettiest thing and you don't make the nicest face I mean I think if you (laughs) see me there's some photos that people send and I'm like cool
2: cool 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 (laughs) <laughs>
0: I know exactly the word that that was.
2: And, uh... <laughs> That's so cool. That's funny.
0: <laughs> so, um, but it 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 it's it's yeah, there's a lot of influence that I have that I feel like it's gone through crazy phases to of I just love music. I love I love seeing people perform and I feel like it's a very vulnerable way of living your truth. You know? Um, whether you're a physical musician or a lyricist or however you're putting yourself out there, it's it's a piece of you, you know, yeah. and that you're sharing, and it's cool.
1: So how, how important was it, especially now looking back, now you have such a, obviously, a well-rounded taste and understanding of music. You have a very, like, established career in it. Looking back on when you were first starting, how important was it that your parents were supportive of you in the way they were? So I feel like with a lot of people that have that creative, like whether it's a creative little tick or it's mm-hmm. like an obsession they have, a lot of that can get suppressed as a child, and they never really have the ability to express that. And if the time comes where they want to, they don't necessarily know how to, mm-hmm. because they've grown up for so long in a household. It's like no, you're gonna, you're gonna follow the, the mold. Like you're gonna, yeah. don't worry, you're never gonna make it as an artist. You're never gonna make it as a musician, an actor, or whatever. You need to go to a school, go to college, get a job, 9 to 5, 401K. And I'm saying anything bad with that. But yeah. there's like a lot of people do not have that su- that type of support.
0: Right. Well, and, and that that's not their path. Right. You know. Um, and I, it's so interesting that you brought this up because I actually was talking to my friend about this earlier today that it is – there's such a cookie-cutter expectation, right, of you're going to go to school – you're going to follow this career. And it's cute that you have your hobbies, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, and that's been a, hobbies. Ch- a challenge, Hobbies, you know, is yeah. that, yeah, it's a lot of times and introducing myself to people as a performer, as a musician, as an artist, sometimes I catch myself choking up, you know, because it's like, it feels like I'm not doing enough because there's been so many years of rooted, like, yeah, but that's not a job. Yeah, but that's – it's cute that you do that, but that's not That's a, a fun thing cur- you do
1: on the weekends. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. It's a fun thing that you can do, but like, but what are you really going to do? Mm. You know? Um My parents really – they embraced my creativity a lot. I was very lucky in that way that like my parents loved that I did that. You know, and and I I don't know if it maybe it wasn't love, but where they were like, we need to channel this into something because otherwise she's going to be at home and doing this.
2: Like, <laughs> let's put her somewhere else.
1: <laughs> you know? She can go <laughs> scream at other people. We're <laughs> we need a quiet Saturday night. <laughs> exactly. In retrospect, maybe we should put her into a project.
0: Um, but but there was definitely, and I think and I think it's not not necessarily that they were trying to stifle me or anything, but like as parents you know it's hard to it's a hard life like my parents have had to watch me also feel really defeated feel really unsure feel really insecure and unloved because because this business and I tell people a lot that like this business is hard you know it's not glamorous people are like I want to be a rock star it's like yeah it's great for that hour because
1: you only go to concerts
0: right? But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's a lot of you working and you being your biggest cheerleader and like believing in yourself more than anybody else does, you know? And that, and that can be really hard. That's hard to do, especially when you come from an environment that maybe not, didn't do that for you, where you are taught to be your own cheerleader, you know? Um, But I think that, I think that it's, it's hard for parents to like look at your kid and say, okay, I'm going to let you get hurt.
2: Mm, yeah. And
0: that's, and that's where I think my parents were being like, go to school. I did. I went to school. <laughs> I, did all of, I did all of it, you know, but it, it wasn't for me. Like I am not a sit at the desk person. I am not a go through the motions. I hustle. Right. I hustle. And I work really, really hard. And I actually was in, I was in a class in UNM and one of my professors came in and I will never forget this moment, but she said to the entire class, Is there anybody in here who can do anything else? And anybody who thinks they can do anything else? And a couple of people like she's like like a biology major, like, do you, do you want remember, to be a nurse? Remember the class? Yes, it was directing and her name was Denise Schultz. And it was intro to directing. And she was this tiny little woman who smoked long Virginia Slims. And oh, so she I, has culture. Okay. Oh, she, has, <laughs> she <laughs> has that theater culture. Um, and she's a Southern woman. I loved her. Um, but she, she came in and she said, if any of you can think of doing anything else, then go and do it. Because this is not the, the uh, job for you. She's like, because this career, this world, performing, being an artist is going to be the hardest job that you'll ever have and the most abusive relationship. And I've carried that with me because, because it is sometimes. You know, It never loves you back in the way that you love it. And, and that's what's yeah. really hard, you know, is that you have to wake up and you have to be like, I'm doing it again. And maybe you went on tour and you played to three people who were the bartender and the door guy and the one who hired you. <laughs> right? And you're just playing to hostages. <laughs> and, <it's laughs> and you know, and you, and you have to get up the next morning and go to the next city and be like and and he, I'm doing it again and here I am. And and you and we as performers, we live for Gaga said, we live for the applause, right? <laughs> I tell people I'm Tinkerbell like your applause keeps me alive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> take a breath. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But but when you it, it can be really hard. Yeah. You know.
1: Very taxing mentally.
0: And emo- yeah. yes, mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah. I mean because also you're not working a job with benefits and things. And sometimes you're wondering like, do I have to go to urgent care <laughs> or, <laughs> or is it something Windex can fix? <laughs> <Like it's laughs>
2: you're
1: right. So growing up and okay. So going through high school, you mentioned that you're like really before you went and started with the red light cameras, mm. you're experimenting a lot. In high school, was there anything that really stuck out to you uh, as you're trying out different types of music, as you're figuring out what your flavor is? Like, what stood out to you? Is it you're a theater kid? So...
0: Yeah. Um, So, do you remember Macy Gray?
1: So, you're going to... I don't know if you like my response or not. (laughs) The only reason I know about Macy Gray is because she is in the parade scene in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, the original Spider-Man from 2002. She? She's the performer when the Green Goblin attacks the parade.
0: Oh, my god! That is
1: the only reason I know about Macy Green.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know she was in there, which goes in time with the times. So yeah. that was when her big release came out. And I remember her, this, it's going to be so left field, people like Macy Gray, um, but her, vo- her voice is so unique. Yes. And her album came out, and I remember my mom got it, and I was like, uh, she saw her on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and we went and we got the album, uh, the CD. <laughs> and uh, I just remember falling in love with her voice, and it was one of those that she's very like games, John, John, and yeah. yeah. Like and it, it it sits like in your nose, and I just remember being like, oh, that's so fun. And I kind of got on this weird kick, and all of a sudden becoming aware of that placement. Like I saw it in every, in a lot of other artists and things, and it just it changed me in a way. And I just I, I don't know I think of Macy Gray a lot sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, that's cool. Do you do you find yourself doing that even now as you're studying other musicians you're finding these like uh, oh, these yeah. commonalities oh, and all yeah. these things, like oh well here's where it works better here's why maybe it didn't work as well. Like one thing I always find interesting like you mentioned a little bit earlier how singing it often doesn't sound like isn't sound good like but it's good it's like it's like it's good like it's great lyricism but mm-hmm. for some reason it's not the most like traditional. Like what comes to my mind is blink 182. I I, I and I always forget the main, the main guy's uh, name the singer. Tom. Tom. Yes. Tom Tom De- DeLonge? DeLonge? DeLonge, 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 DeLonge. Yeah. Delange. DeLonge, DeLonge, DeLonge. Oh. Yeah, him, his voice isolated is like mm-hmm. but like in front of the in front of the um in front of the instruments, uh-huh. it fits perfectly. Yeah. Do you? How do I put this? Like, do you find yourself like studying like a lot of music where they like even like I love Green Day. Mm-hmm. I don't think Billy Joe Durant- Armstrong has the greatest voice, but in front of those instruments, mm-hmm. he's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and they all like prop each other up. When you're, mm-hmm. whether it was your getting into music, um, oh. and, um, in and, and the start of it, or even now as you're a seasoned like veteran of the art, like, do you? how important is it when you're, even if like the lyrics and the actual sound might not be the best, but you're matching it with the instruments, is that like a common thing you're looking for? Is that so, like, is that a conscious thought to you?
0: Well, I think that, I think that your question has many answers. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, I think that there there's two different answers to that because there's a time that I feel like I am a vocalist and then there's a time that I feel like I'm a band member. Right.
2: Interesting. And I
0: think that your examples of like Blink 182. You go to a Blink 182 show and you're like, yeah, all the small things. Like everybody's singing, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter that you're on key or whatever, because we're, we're all just shouting. <laughs> like, and we're all just shouting and it's fine.
1: He, he gave up like 30 years ago. So why, why? I got here 30 seconds ago. Why am I going to try it?
0: But, but, that's, but that's the music. And yeah, that's, exactly. And that's why you like going to that show is because you let go mm. and because it doesn't matter. Because you let all of that go and you can be in that moment of feeling that visceral, like shout. Like we have songs that you just shout to, you know, and that, and I hear the audience like sing along with, and it's like, it's that moment. It's our Blink 182 moment, right? That's awesome. Where everybody wants to sing, scream, and do that. And then I also, but then I think you also have these like Adele moments, right? Where you want everyone to hang on each word. And you're just that in you awe say. of what's yes. going on. And it's, and it's just two different beasts. So I like to take those, I do, I find those inspirations and I weave that into my music of, I feel like as a performer and musician, I like moments. Mm. I like to create moments, you know, and, and I think in, there's that moment where we are having this, like, it's just us. And it's just me and you and like singing these songs and like it's in a room full of people, but it doesn't even matter. (laughs) And then it's like, we're all here together and we're shouting and we're chanting and like, and fuck them. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's also that. So, yeah, I think.
1: We'll talk about a moment. When I saw you guys do uh, uh, Launchpad, you guys did a cover of Flowers oh yeah
0: yeah so that was around like valentine's day
1: better than the original oh i I gotta be that was i was shocked i was i because i i'm not the biggest miley cyrus fan but the Mm -hmm. last album she did was great i Mm love that last one and when y'all played i was like wow like that was well top to bottom well orchestrated the whole thing thank you thank you so (laughs) what did you go to college for theater Theater, Mm -hmm. okay. Theater and performance. Did you end up uh, like making it through, graduating with a degree in theater? Did you see it all the way through? So
0: I got right to the end. I got right to the, I have a very sad story. Uh, I got right to the end and I, my deans switched while I was in school. And so one of the deans was like signing off on basically like, you can go to this class instead of other requirements, right? Like I could take lighting and other lighting class as opposed to the beginning. And so that would still count. And then the new dean, in those years, like reviewed our credits and basically told me that I was like behind on all of these credits, and I had already taken it. And I was out of money, and I was done playing the bureaucratic game and just was really frustrated and oh. said, forget this, I'm going to go be a rock star, and uh, leaned into my band really hard.
1: There are so... Oh my... Uh. See, look, I've, I've dropped... <laughs> yeah, I've dropped out of UNM three times. And um I've heard so many fucking stories like that where not even just at UNM, but just in yeah. general going oh, to these, it's a Gambit, dude. Going to these state universities mm-hmm. and it's just like you just said, like the bureaucracy the just the bureaucratic system that's involved mm-hmm. and the politics and the good old boy system of where you're at. Like no. Like I just and Because of reasons we spoke about earlier, I can't get into the details of it, but I was going to school uh, for film Mm -hmm. Oh, um, end of last year. And I think it was like right before Thanksgiving, the program that I was under that was funding it, they were like, oh, yes, so we're not funding you this semester. Uh, Figure it out. (laughs) I was like, what? Like, how can Uh, you do that? I was like, like, what? (laughs) How is that possible? And like, you told the, I I talked to the rep and I was like, look, I know, like, I I was like, I try to preface every like customer service interaction was like, I know it's not your fault, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm looking for answers. Right. So the, they, the, the powers that be said that you were funding this thing. And then now did you lie to the college? What are they going to say? And the person who was like, look, you're like my 20th call this day about this. I really don't know. I the only thing they've told me to tell you is you're gonna get a letter in the mail from the university. Oh And I'm like, is it a letter or is it a bill? And right. I'll never forget this. She goes, I was told to tell you it's a letter. <gasps> yeah
0: wow
1: yeah wow
0: and i was like okay. okay oh that moment where you're just like i get it yeah it's oh. like
1: it's like we're all okay okay we're i'm that's like all right yeah have a great day like mm-hmm. i hope the next guy's not an asshole like yeah. have a great day and yeah i'm done i'm done I've, I've decided i'm done with college and it really sucked because like i went to college initially for criminology so I was just, oh wow. I was just young. And, oh, yeah. We should
0: talk true crime sometime. Cause oh, yeah. I am
1: such <laughs> Well, that's what got me into it. So I cause I was going to um, a military junior college down south mm-hmm. and I was like, well, well, I went there for four years of high school. And then I was like, I don't really want to go to UNM. I don't want to move back home. A lot of my friends are still here. Criminology, I, t- I was told, is easy. Um, I like Batman, he's a detective. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do criminology. <laughs> And at the time, I was like, maybe I want to be law enforcement. That didn't really work out, thankfully, because I would have hated that into my twenties. Now I was mm-hmm. not liked it, but I liked what I learned. So I was like, okay, maybe UNM's the same. And it mm-hmm. and UNM and all their glory. Even though I had an associate's in criminology, they were like, you can't go to the College of Criminology because you don't have. It was like a social a social studies credit, and then <clears throat> it was some like tech credit it's like an English credit or something some and lab that yeah. you didn't need to take yeah it was a like lab 20 it, people it, like yeah. yeah yeah and I was like okay <laughs> well what do I do then like well you can't get into the college but you have all of your um, like all your prereqs so we'll just find you classes to be in and I was like, that—that's not how that works. So no,
0: yeah, Here, we're gonna just put you somewhere, but we're still gonna take your money. Uh, exactly. While that happens, and I
1: was like, no, okay. So I went, I went to school and I did like twelve credits, and I weasel my way into one of like the pre, like preliminary criminology courses. And I, but I was working like two jobs at the time. Well, really, two and a half jobs at the time. And so I was like working like forty-five to sixty hours a week mm-hmm. and going to college. So I dropped out of that nonsense. Try it again next time. Hated criminology. And then uh, pandemic hits and all that shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something that I actually enjoy. So that's when I started doing film. Mm-hmm. Loved my film courses. No more funding. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Because the first thing that gets
1: cut? The money. Mm-hmm. Every single fucking time. The, the free arts. money. The money that yeah. is... Yeah, the money that's not coming from the actual person's wallet. Mm-hmm. And then you're completely right. The arts in yep. schools. Mm-hmm. Which... Like and I wish I knew enough about uh, the New Mexico, like like from my like high school and below education system. Mm-hmm. One of the top headlines I'm hearing all the time is just how art is getting cut left and fucking right yeah, from well, public school systems.
0: People just don't value it. Yeah. I mean I mean and that carries through, you know, like not even just in schools and there's so much that comes from art. Yeah. Like, I mean all of us weirdos. <laughs> Like, you know, who sat there and listened to Edgar Allan Poe and was like, ooh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I don't know why I attached to it so much, but Telltale Heart yes. and The Raven. I don't know why oh, that, like, Raven I was so into that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like, yeah, that's cool writing. And then eventually in college, I got into, like, Lovecraft and stuff like that. And I was just a big horror dork, as you could probably tell. But, um. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, so you're in college and. And mm-hmm. did the red light camera start then or was it after college?
0: So red light, st- uh, red light started, yeah, towards my, like, senior year in college. I was, like, on my way out in college. And that was when, you know, I mean, thank God I had red light because I was, like... Forget you, I'm gonna go be a rock star. I'm not gonna <laughs> do it. You and them anymore. Um, and then you
1: went to band practice. Okay, so I told these so, guys to fuck off, and that we're rock stars. So we really know, gotta get right. on it. <laughs> we <laughs> really have to commit to this, guys.
0: like, I told my mom I was leaning all in, so if we could really do this, it'd be nice. Um, no, but I I was actually in a musical at the time, I was in Rent. And oh, I shit. was Mimi in rent. Okay. Um, and Barney and I, Barney and I knew each other through theater. We went to school together. Barney and I have known each other for years. We were actually uh, go way back and we did like this trick lock theater, used to have a uh, teen. Teen, teen teen theater summer game that we did and uh, he I I love Barney so much but he reached out to me
1: and he plays bass bass okay. he's
0: bass yeah Barney and I are the only two original members of Red Light Cameras so
1: okay.
0: he reached out to me and said you know we have this band and I'd love for you to come sing with us and at the time they were actually called Lived, which is called called what now ev- exactly <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Lived, which okay. is a
0: uh, devil love backwards. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. So Barney and Chris started it, and it was a project that's, that's that they had kinda, done. It's a
1: little, little dorky. It was kind of clever. It's clever. It's clever. It's <laughs> yeah. dorky. They, like,
0: started it when they were in high school together, yeah. right? And they're like, we want a female singer. So they brought me in. Nice. I started singing with them a little
1: bit. Feel free to continue. I'm going to, like, check the cameras and all oh, this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, they brought me in, and I... Started singing with them, and actually we started with a few covers, and then we started writing more music together, and it just kind of fell into place that I loved it. And I was still in my old man band at the time, so I was doing musical theater through school, and other theater shows as well, and uh, playing in my... It was called Little Sister at one point. It was called uh, Phone Booth Love at another. It was called uh, Wrestling with Jimmy had a whole bunch of faces with that old man band, but they are playing with them and then I was like I should I need to play with with people my own age
2: <laughs> we're <laughs> and
1: looking I, for longevity here folks <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i and I want to write I want to write more music you know and 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 I love those men like I learned I learned how to be a musician
1: because were with they those men. uh tr- like were they any any kind of trained? Were oh yeah, like... like so.
0: They all, I mean, they all had different little ba- different backgrounds, and but they were musicians from when they were teens, you oh, know, nice. and nice. yeah, and were aspiring to be the Who and the Almond Brothers and stuff. So we covered, I covered a lot of Almond Brothers actually. That's and awesome. Early Fleetwood Mac before <laughs> Stevie when they were just four dudes.
1: Oh wow! Covered
0: early Fleetwood Mac. Um,
1: That's a hell of a way to get an education in music. Yes, sir. Know that type of music, or <laughs> been doing it for a long time—that's awesome. Mm-hmm. A lot of
0: B sides. I learned what to do as a fellow musician, like at a show, and what not to do, how to behave at gigs, and Example how not B. to behave at gigs. Basically, Ooh, that's a
1: mm-hmm. that's a fun one, especially Ooh. with Albuquerque the way it is. That's a fun one. Uh, <laughs> so, what were, what comes to mind when you think about those early lessons?
0: Um, well, I think that there's just a there's a sense of we're a team right? And we're all putting on this show together. Every band who's there on a, a you have a band with a, a bill with four bands. Everybody should be there to give a good show and to help each other give a good show, right? So you're not making it difficult for each other. You're staying and supporting each other if you can, you know, life happens, absolutely. But like, you know, sometimes you're the only audience. Um, so showing up for each other in that way. Um, helping get off stage to turn over for a new band. Um, even though I'm, so I've worked with a lot of musicians in town that I help when we're on stage. Like I will help you lift things. I will ask you like, Hey, do you need me to help you take this? I've got hands. I'm not doing anything. What can I do for you? That's awesome. You know, cause what's my instrument? Me lift me off stage. <laughs> like what is, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything. So, and, and I learned that from them, you know, being like, Hey, can you help? Um, and that they, they would always also, I mean, not in that kind, not necessarily in that kind way. It was more of like, oh, we've worked with this people. Singers always do this where they never pick anything up and they never help. And I was like, (laughs) so yeah, you, you, little things of, you know, how to make, how to make it good for everyone involved. You know, you may not get along. You may not like each other. You may not be. The, your bands may not be each other's cup of tea or whatever, right? But we're all there. Or the audience
1: needs to know that. Yeah. The, exactly. audience, the audience is not to be, exactly. need to be privy but to your drama. But if you're shitty to each other, and you're,
0: right? You're, you know, and if you're shitty to each other offstage, then that feeds into it.
1: Oh, for right? sure. You see people play
0: angry. You see people lose themselves. Like, you see people, like, a bad night can throw you off. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, any show I play, I'm always like, hey, I'm happy to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Like, I really enjoy that you're here, you know?
1: And, and that's why you're on top. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's, because look, and this is I, I love doing this podcast so fucking much. Easily the best part of my week.
0: Hey, it's a great like, podcast. You've built quite a good little, thank little you. Oh, here. I'm, I, I was, I was waiting for my turn. Oh, I appreciate that. I was waiting. Oh. <laughs> I was. Oh. Well, I was like, it's only kings. I'm not a king. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was
1: probably one of my favorite messages I've ever gotten. If not my favorite, it's like, well, yeah, duh. Yes, you are welcome. Yes. See, see, it's funny. You say you were waiting. I was working. Up, I was <laughs> I was trying to work my way up, and everyone that I've told that to, like, yeah, that's fair, yeah yeah keep oh. going yeah yeah do some more work like, okay sounds good, uh, but no it's um it's just interesting because I I feel I genuinely do I feel very blessed to do this and talk to a lot of awesome people I mean I've made I've made a hell of a friendship out of the guys from the slums of Harvard like you know I, I love doing what I'm do what I've been doing but like an unknown positive of it that I never saw coming. Was I become privy to a lot of nonsense that's going on? But I'm on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. I'm just the guy with like the microphone. I just talk mm-hmm. to cool people. I have fun. Have a couple drinks. Have a little hang. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> in and out in two to three hours. We're having a good time. I don't need to know your nonsense. I don't care. But if you want to tell me, you can go right ahead. I'm mm-hmm. balls I, in I, your court. Yeah, balls in your court for what you want to say. And I'll, I'll and I like do a little poking, a little prodding, stuff like that. But I I just I find it very fun, honestly. Uh, I don't like when people bicker, but I do like watching a good show yes. and hearing a little bit of nonsense. <laughs> well, then it also like it, it also opens me up to opportunity to hear another side of the story, mm-hmm. which is a lot of the reason why I started this. Like I, I love I don't know why I love it, and like especially today saying that I love it, it just feels weird. I love watching presidential debates, but the thing, I, I, yeah, but the thing I hate about it the most is they're like, fixed climate change and. 30 seconds. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not a 30 second issue. No. So when I was talking to my buddies about this, I was like, well, I'm not tackling those kind of issues, but like, I like talking to people Mm -hmm. and I hate censorship. So I want to give people their little, their time to go. And so the reason I bring all this up is your, your mentality of no matter how I'm feeling that day, no matter what's happened that day, no matter how I feel about people, not even people on the bill, but just people in the room. Guess what? I'm so happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. Let's have a good night. That is what puts you on top, like, 100%. And that's what puts, like, you and a lot of other bands, like, that separates. And I feel like that's in any industry. I feel like that's in any community. Because nobody wants to hang out with the douchebags.
2: No, let's
0: be honest. If you're known... <laughs> let be honest. Don't be a dick. Yeah. If,
1: like, if you're known as... And, and again, this is in any state, in any type of community. Mm-hmm. This is in friend groups. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. any friend group that's big enough has the one guy where, and the person grows up eventually, but the one I guy, mean, hopefully. hopefully, right? Fingers crossed. Hopefully. But like, hey, yeah, yeah, look, look. where well, you got to, like, preference the new mm-hmm. group of people. You're like, this guy might look like a dick. He might mm-hmm. act like it, but he's so nice. And- <laughs> <laughs> Hang out for, like, an hour. But I,
0: watch. <laughs> after he yells at you, he's going to cry, and then it's going to be, it's going to make it so much better. Um,
1: <laughs> But yeah, like, just... Yeah, just because nobody wants to hang out with those people, and more importantly, you know, it's the it's the business side of it too. And I want to get into that a little bit later Mm -hmm. about your experience in the business side of music, Mm -hmm. because I don't think I ever really understood or got an idea of how not troubling, but how much work that could be Mm -hmm. until I heard comedians talking about it, like local comedians. Hearing them talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I love getting on stage and I love writing all this stuff, but the business side of comedy fucking sucks, and here's why. And a lot of the reasons that they had are a lot of the reasons the musicians have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would hate that too. Um, so, anyway, you start. Um, and actors
0: you... have that same opinion, but they'll never tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they'll act like they don't. That's um, the job, right? Okay. <laughs> you have to put them to. All right, anyway. Um. So you get contacted and mm-hmm. you're joining the red light cameras. Mm-hmm. What was the first? like the first like 90 days. What was that like? Getting with the band, practicing um, a little bit of writing. Was there any performing in the first couple of months?
0: Yeah. So we actually.
1: How long ago were they? How sorry? How far along were they?
0: Um. They weren't super far along. They had played like a couple shows. Here and there. I think they had been together for, like, maybe a year. Okay. Something. It, infancy. It, infancy. Infancy, yeah. infancy. It, it also, I mean, we have to also remember, like, when I was in, that scene was very different from the scene that is now.
1: Because you said this is 12 years ago. 12 years so ago. So, simple math, 2011. And, yeah. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah that i'm shocked i did that like wow you did great <laughs> <laughs> you, well sound, you, sound, you sound like my teachers oh, look at him look at him go he's coloring in the lines <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm just impressed i'm the
1: only asian who can't do math I'm like
0: it's so bad. <laughs> you're looking around like ah uh, seven plus three like, i'm pretty sure 10 um
1: okay so 2011 so, so 2011 and, the okay. scene
0: was very very different you know um way? In in the sense that it wasn't uh, as inviting, Um, it wasn't as expansive as it is now. Like right now, our scene here in Albuquerque, like there's so much Mm -hmm. sound, new sound, different sound, sound that is being like embraced, and people are bringing you know different genres. Where a lot of the shows back when we started were you either played punk or metal, or rap, yeah. or reggae. You know, there were like, there were very few, and even not so much reggae, there was like a few big reggae bands like around those days, and um, and really not a lot of females, you know. I mean, there were, but and, and they worked really, really hard, you know. And I actually remembered coming into the scene, it was very different, you know. They weren't as inviting to me, um, because I was another woman in their scene
1: you're the new kid on the block and with that added element of gender it's like there's already there's already so few of us Mm -hmm. you're trying to steal my spotlight it's that it's the the famine mentality Mm -hmm. right there's there's only so much of of this for us to eat Mm -hmm. it's ours not yours
0: and even and even playing with like bigger bands there's there's like this air this this sense of uh yeah there's this like sense of you know it's mine not yours and yeah. like and not that we can't like be nice to each other but like you have to prove yourself you know which sucks as a woman i was like why are we women being harder to each other like why aren't you like stoked that we're in the scene together you know like why are we making it harder and and it was it was so so when we're talking about like the community as it is now and i was saying you know i want to be a good part of that that was i was like i'm never going to do that like every new person that comes in i'm like yes I'ma sing your praises, like heck yeah! I know all of you coming up, and I'm like, I see you. You're doing great. Like almost always, never just had their release. I was like, awesome, congratulations on your release day. Very nice people. Willa Jay is going on an amazing tour. Another nice She's girl. She's doing amazing She's right awesome. now. I mean, Josie McFarland is like joined the Mango Cakes, and I was so thrilled when she stepped in and did that. Like, there's a lot of, I mean, Tina, amazing. There's like a lot of new, fresh women on the scene. I can hear everyone you just
1: named. I can hear them listening it's going,
2: Oh my god, you <laughs> said my name
0: <laughs> Like I'm a rattle. A um and I mean like Clark. Are you familiar Do yourself a favor, Clark with a Q. C-L-A-R-C- Oh.
1: I think I've seen her stuff on Instagram.
0: Dude, she's amazing. I think I think, amazing. I think I think
1: I saw a pocket elephant share some of her stuff.
0: Yeah. So. She's rad rad. So there weren't us. Yeah. In that scene. Was it? And.
1: Wait, wait, finish, yeah. It was good. a lot of men. Yeah.
0: And it was a lot of like, it was hard to like get shows because it was all the same friends groups who were like playing together.
1: Interesting. You know. So w- specifically with how you were, with the lack of a welcome you got from the women, was it insecurity? Was it lack of skill? Was it lack of, um, like, so w- what I've noticed now is like. Post-pandemic, so many venues are available for musicians to play at, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, pre-COVID, I didn't go out a whole lot anyway. But even when me and my friends did go out, there wasn't a whole lot of places to see music. And there wasn't, like, there were a couple of Like, there was Launchpad and, like, El Ray, I was like, Sunshine for bigger shows. But finally, I want to go see a band play tonight. Where can I go? Mm-hmm. There wasn't, like, a whole lot of places. And if there were, they weren't doing shit for marketing. So yeah. we never found out about it. So looking back at that time, was it like we don't have a whole lot of places to play, so therefore we don't want a new person? Well, was it I'm scared of a new person? So they're going to take my spot. They're coming for my job. Like because <laughs> well, let's be honest, like it, it's all it's all local scenes. you I can think, have amazing people, and you're gonna have not so amazing people. Well, I think, so where did that come from? Do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think it was. I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I think it was a combination of things. I think it mainly was. It's it's hard. I think to sit back and not feel like you're threatened when somebody better than you comes along. I think that it's really hard to sing their praises and to like look at it instead of if I see someone that's better than me, that I want to be better. That's how I am. You know, I'm like it makes me want to be better and I think that yeah. there's a lot of people that don't have that. that that's Especially how I am. here in Albuquerque, yeah. I think there is this big yeah. sense of if you don't if I don't have it you're going to have it, and if you have it, then I don't have it.
1: It's that, and then it's, you can be successful, mm-hmm. but you can't be more successful than me.
0: Yeah, and and why not, man? Why don't we just want to like, why wouldn't you want your friend to be awesome? Why wouldn't we want your neighbor to be like, the best thing on the block? That way you can say, you know them too. <laughs> like, Hello? Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But
1: don't you want to be associated with the shit? Come on now.
0: <laughs> but but you know it's it's hard. It's I think I think it was a it I think it was a rough scene to get into in general because it just it was a very it was a very precious scene. You know I'm not saying I'm not knocking it for what it was back then because it made me who I am today. Yeah. It made me who I am today. And because I had to claw my way literally into that scene, <laughs> and, I mean, I was just the girl that didn't go away. Like, yeah, I'll open for you. Sure. On a Thursday, absolutely. I'll open for you. On a Tuesday, done. Uh-huh. Just so I can play and just so I can be there and I will be charming and I will be nice and I will help you move your shit and I'm not going to get in your way and guess who they call the next time? Guess who they call again? Because sometimes people aren't going to, there's a lot of talented people in the world. There are. And you're not the most talented person. You know, you can be a big fish in a little pond. You can be like, and 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 it doesn't mean that you're the best. It, there's always going to be something better, you know. And you never want to be bigger than the better thing because you're not going to see it. And so I carry that with me, in that I always want to like move this to make me better, you know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's people need to fucking hear that. That's so well because the fact that there is there are more talented people than you in the world. That's not a bad thing. No. And people see no. that as a bad thing, and I don't. And I haven't spent like obviously I like, have traveled, but like I've, I haven't spent an elongated period of time outside of New Mexico. I really haven't. And so I, I can, I can only speak to what's happening in Albuquerque, how people feel in Albuquerque, and I would hope that in a more, because Albuquerque, especially post COVID, um, in in my opinion, there's been this like renaissance of just entertainment, mm-hmm. certainly music. Just entertainment. Oh yeah! Like there's more music than there's ever been. There's certainly been more comedy than there has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of art. A lot of art going on. I mean, mm-hmm. the art walk is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I love it. I went to my first art walk. Like, I think two summers ago. Because
0: everybody had to put down their lives. Yes. And got to explore themselves. Yes. And got to lean in to what they were told. Is your hobby. Exactly. And I, th-
1: <laughs> I think, well, I think priority shifted. Yeah, totally. Because when people totally. say like, oh, and that's, that's what's really bothered. One of the things that bothered me the most post-COVID is, uh, well, I've been very thankful and very blessed enough to be in management positions at any job that I've gone to. And now my job specifically is a recruiter, but beforehand I had like, I had a hand in um hiring interviewing just because of like being short-staffed on mm-hmm. management everyone's doing a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and one of the things that this narrative is just getting like told over like you know people say so, a thing so many times even if they're, like, they lie to themselves enough and they end up believing it like mm-hmm. they psyop themselves and believing a lie mm-hmm. what i would always hear from people of, again of the like a generation above two generations above me it was well people just i don't know what's wrong but people just don't want to fucking work these days and, I, and I'm the guy that's like, okay, well, I have to trust that numbers don't know how to lie.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: have to trust these sources that are pumping out numbers. So I'm going to look at the unemployment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Unemployment keeps dropping.
2: Mm-hmm. Keeps
1: dropping, keeps dropping, keeps dropping. And more people are getting employed. Well, it's not that people don't want to work. It's people don't want to work for bullshit pay. Uh-huh. People don't want to work bullshit jobs they don't care about. Mm-hmm. And in COVID, people, I think, priorities just got shifted. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, guess what? I kind of love, I love painting. Mm-hmm. I love singing. Mm-hmm. I love fucking dancing or playing guitar yep. or doing comedy. I'm going to
0: prioritize time for that.
1: Exactly. I'm going to prioritize prioritize time for that and prior to, prioritize. I can't speak today. Ugh. It's a Monday. We'll do some warm-ups. But... <laughs> <laughs> I need to prioritize time for the family. Mm -hmm. because all of that was taken away like for my family for instance my grandfather passed away during covid and we're just now getting around to like all right we're gonna do a memorial we're gonna like a family get together here in october like we're just now getting around to it Mm -hmm. when it was like because because life just fucking ended for people so all these priorities get shifted and so now with i would think like going back to talking about starting out music and not being as welcomed as you really as you should have been because of the pool of uh, feeling performance was so tiny, you want, like, I would think you'd want that to grow. You want that to, you know, swell and, like, just blossom into something great. Just because someone else is succeeding does not mean you're not going to or that you can't. Right. Like, someone else's success does not take away from it. Like, that's one of my favorite, and I say it almost every fucking episode for people that are listening, Mm -hmm. uh, devoutly, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's... (laughs) No, it's one of it's my. It's a good one. It's, though. it's, it's my good. favorite uh, quote from Joe Rogan. It's 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 a feast, not a famine. Mm-hmm. There is enough for everybody. I there is enough venues. There is enough money. There is enough whatever the fuck you want. Maybe it's not enough ten million dollar mansions, but you know who really needs that? Mm-hmm. There is enough. Everything that you need, want, and a little bit more is enough for everybody. Yeah, just if work you, for it.
0: If you, if you work for work it. For it. And if you want it, yes, you know, because the people that walk away from it, they're like, oh, well, I'm just not getting it. I'm like, well, are you?
1: Are how you hard trying? are you actually working? Right. Right.
0: I- I'm sorry. You're not getting Launchpad on a Friday, but do you know how long it took me to get Launchpad on a Friday? Like you work for it. You work for it.
1: What What were like the... As far as, as a work... Did you go into red light cameras already having a killer work ethic? Or is that something that kind of you, you like... got sl- I feel like a lot of people that get into <laughs> a... Well, they get into a creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. they like, I'm going to do the thing. And then they start doing the thing for three weeks. And they're like, oh, this is a lot of work.
0: I think being a theater kid...
1: Yeah, like, fair enough,
0: dude. Because we work, fair like you—you you learn the lines, you build the set out of cardboard yeah. and glue and things, and maybe it might kill you, but you do <laughs> it, and like it's just <laughs> there's this—I I chalk up a lot of work ethic to that, and and also to my my parents and who raised me. Um, you know, I was I I was raised by a very powerful mom, and who worked my whole life you know, and raised kids and did it and made time to not only spend time with us, but also love us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and also my dad, who was a hard worker as well. And who just, you know, we, I come from hard workers that my, I, I'm i not, I, we don't come from privilege. Yeah. You know, where everything I've gotten in my life is I've got you know, and I worked for. Right. Um, and you know, the concept of like, you know, I did, I was, I was given a car. It was not a nice car. It was a car I had to take care of. It was a car I sat on phone books to see out of, but it was a a car (laughs) and it got me to school and back.
1: You know <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what I okay, yeah, that's what I keep fucking like my car turning a little bit of a beater right now, but hey, it gets it from point A to point B exactly. and B back to A.
0: Exactly. That's all I care about. It's not how you got there and what the what ride you rode in.
1: The fact you got there. You got there. And were you on time? Mm-hmm. Go back to hard work. Were you there exactly. on time? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Show up professional, show up on time, show up yeah. being ready to work.
1: Yeah. You know? So the first how okay. Well, I, hmm. Okay, how long? Into red light cameras, do you feel like it took until it was like, okay, we have a rhythm, we have like a a solid workflow, we have a schedule of live events. We're like, how long did that take?
0: What was Sunday?
2: (laughs) Just kidding.
1: (laughs) Dang it. Just kidding. kidding.
0: Um, No, I think think it's always work. Um, I think it's constantly growing. And if this band has taught me anything, it's that there's no stopping point okay right like you keep climbing but 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 you have a
1: level of notoriety you have a lot of you know respect in new mexico and abroad Mm -hmm. and so like you guys can get launch pad on a friday night you guys can pretty much show up to any venue here and be like hey i want to play and say okay what date works for you
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I went so, to too. too so, <laughs> so,
1: how I guess way to rephrase that: the real, like, the growing pains. I guess. Of, I
0: see. I see what you're saying. Of I see red what light. Saying. Wh- how? Wh-
1: what? was that period like? Let's let get away from time. I guess. What yeah. was that period like?
0: Um, well, so I th- I think now I kind of understand your first question yeah. a little more. That like, really, when it felt like it clicked. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it felt like, oh, this is what we're doing. It makes sense in what we're doing. Um, we we played South By for the first time. And it was two... Th- how how th- many
1: years into that? And Into you guys'...
0: Two. Nice. We were two years in. Holy fuck. And we were a baby band. Oh, baby band. And we were so excited. And so, so, so excited. Holy shit. Um, and I remember going and then I remember coming back and realizing what a big deal that was. You know, like I knew I knew it was a big deal to go to South by Southwest. But so then San-
1: no, it's Austin. 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 Mm-hmm. That's where I want to move so fucking bad.
0: <laughs> so bad. Austin's rad. It's very cool. Um I would support you if you moved there. Thank and, you. <laughs> yes, and I'll tell you about great taco places. <laughs> I have got her approval,
1: folks. Peace, <laughs>
0: like, but you have to come back. Oh yeah, they can't all blame me for you leaving. Okay, <laughs> if everyone blames me for you leaving, then.
1: So two years in, um, you get South by Southwest. So
0: west. two years. Well, I guess maybe it was more than that. Maybe no, no, no. I think it was two and a half. Yeah, two. Um, and it was just rad. It just it it felt. It felt like the biggest fucking thing. You know, you feel like on, you're on top of the world. and Well, that is
1: one of the biggest fucking and, things. But let's let's played, be real.
0: I mean, but but you want to know, but this is talking about the business side of it, right? Yeah. Of like, there's all this glamour of like,
2: oh my gosh, you went to South by Southwest.
0: Yes. We played at 10 o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Who cares? <laughs> on their Wednesday.
0: Exactly. I mean, who cares? You're there? Who cares? You're at South by... Right. It doesn't matter. The car you got there in, it matters yeah. that you got there. Um. We played two shows. That one was, that was during the day was great. We had so many people who, because South by is just rotating people. Yeah. Coming through to see you, which is great. It's great exposure. Um, But we played this show that was at a club that we, I don't even remember how we got it, but we shouldn't have been there. Like, it really (laughs)
2: was like,
0: they were, they were like trying to throw, they were very much a bar trying to be part of South by. Okay. And we were booking it ourselves, right? And a lot of a, a lot of people don't realize that, like, a lot of these bands that you're trying to work against and working with have people booking for them, have managers and booking agents that they are paying to get them these, like, shows and stuff. So doing this on our own, I mean, shout out to Barney Lopez, my my bassist. He is the hardest-working man in Albuquerque for this music scene. Oh, my God. Um, but he... He does a lot, did a lot of our booking and got us these shows, but bless his heart, this is not on him, but this guy got us in his bar and we played and no one was listening to us. Nobody cared that we were there. We were the only band. It was like DJs. It was weird. And we went to, we were like, okay, so can we get paid? And he laughed in our face and he was like, no, 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 no. You pay me to play South by. And we were like, what? What do you mean? And so, and he was like, I mean, I'll give you a drink, I guess. And like went and got us like a round of drinks and we, you know, we made no money. We did nothing, but we went to South by, you know, and it was one. And then, and so coming off of that, right. Of feeling like kind of like wah, wah, you know, like, oh my gosh, we had this dream. to like, go and thought it was going to be this amazing thing. And then everybody treated us like shit. And then we were like sad. And then. But we got home and everyone was so stoked, Yeah, you know, because they were rooting for us because we were part of that. And that was when it clicked for me that I was like, oh, this is something special. And this is something more that like that people are loving it. People are loving it. Like, I just thought it was me like wanting to write a little bit of my poetry and put it out there and just (laughs) maybe hopefully someone likes it and we'll sit and listen to it, you know, but no, people were excited and stoked and it it made me want to make it better and so then when we back went back the next year you know we were smarter we were
1: well, you harder. went back to south by southwest <gasps> the next year. okay okay <laughs> i hope everyone else caught that at home yeah we went but we did this okay but the next year that we went we <laughs> jesus christ that's so awesome so I, okay kind of off subject but this is a bit of a topical thing because of what's going on like in hollywood the rider strikes and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. the idea that especially with I feel this is an issue with local bands mm-hmm. paid with exposure right listen
0: can we talk about this because this makes me so yeah
1: hard. go ahead because here's ahead. here's my <laughs> thought on it here's my thought if you are a venue that has the capability to put on a band mm-hmm not even a band, just a musical act. Mm-hmm. So we are covering all bases here. Mm-hmm. If you're putting on a musical act or a comedy act and these people are taking time out of that immediate day to go up and do whatever it is they've agreed to do, that implies that they have had to put in work outside of that to prepare that act, refine that act, rehearse that act, all everything that goes into preparation. Mm-hmm. And then they perform you should pay them. Yeah, you should pay them for what they're doing. I don't care if it's the little Ricky Dink bar in Hobbs, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and you know they're just a little country band, local whatever. Pay them, or if they're going all the way to Sunshine, or Isleta,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right? But I know that this is more localized to like the more like local scene, local venues, breweries, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I never understood because I feel like that's a, I mean, obviously it has to be a spoken agreement, but mm-hmm. that's kind of if you if I if I were because I've I've started to like dabble my way into stand up a little bit. If I were to get approached by dry heat or you know, like I've done 377 uh two times now. Um if I were to get approached by any of these venues that that are actively supporting comedy. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me, hey, I want to have you on a bill. How does that sound? I'm just, I'm not that guy to say, well, am I going to get paid? I'm going to assume, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume because mm-hmm. what you guys are making money for sure off your fucking liquor sales, right? And especially if I see my name on a flyer and it says five dollar entry. Ten dollar entry. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should pay me a hundred fucking bucks, but, hey,
0: but pay me a hundred bucks. T-
1: toss me a little. You know what I mean. Toss me a little bit.
0: But why not pay you a hundred bucks? I mean, so okay, okay.
1: You you know you see what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see
0: exactly what you're yeah. saying because uh I'm so happy you brought that. I saw
1: back. the engine just get revved. Oh, so
0: oh, <laughs> oh, she <snap. laughs> man. Um, it's <laughs> this is my uh, it's one of my pet peeves as a as a performer. I I not only I am a musician, but I also am a burlesque performer. I'm a theater performer. I'm an actress as well. Like it's it's
1: it goes across the board. None of that is surprising. (laughs) None of that is surprising. But continue.
0: (laughs) But it but it goes across the board. This idea of well, we'll pay you with exposure, and you're welcome. You know, we'll pay you by that might have flown fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. What's we, changed? The internet. We
1: boom. don't we, I, I don't want to say it, but it thank is, you for confirming what I'm thinking.
0: There's yes. we no longer live in a need for your exposure. I, can, I get I up it. in the morning and I have exposure. There's no your exposure to me is is a slap in the face. When people tell me that, I I'm like, I'm not gonna work with you. Cause if you think that my time is worth exposure, you don't value what I do. Like you said, it's so much more. They think it's just that hour, three hours that you're playing. No, it is the hours that you put into practicing, to learning, to working, to honing your craft. And why not value that? Why not value yourself? What makes me, what makes me also upset is not only the venues and the, produ- and the people that are in these positions to pay people, Because that's the most frustrating thing too, is when I see all of the money walking through the door and you don't walk away with any of it, right? You're not valuing what I'm bringing to your business. And if your business is good enough that you don't need me, then I won't be here, right? You don't need me. But along with all of that, what's disappointing is that other people don't value themselves. If you're willing to get up and you're willing to play for that little then they're gonna pay you that little. And you're not gonna have a bargaining chip to get more. Value yourself. Value your time and what you do. play devil's
1: advocate a little bit? Yeah. Where does skill meet value?
0: So I think that it's also a matter of work. I think that it is like, I mean, yes. Where skill meets value, right? We got to a point that we recognized the draw that we had and there was a certain conversation that we had with bookers in town. And we were like, listen, particularly me. I was like, I know how much you pay this band full of boys. So hello, I would like to get paid.
1: (laughs) Good for you. You
0: know, and, and, and it's scary. It's scary advocating for yourself because you know, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. And you don't play. Right. And, and that's scary.
1: Well, because I would...
0: then you, go ahead. No,
1: no, no. Finish, finish, finish.
0: Well, I was just gonna say that you know it's it's scary to do that because you're, it's it's hard to to trust the unknown, right? But if you value yourself and you value your time and things like, and you say no, I'm worth this, I'm worth playing at this spot. I'm worth playing at meow wolf. I'll play at meow wolf, and I'll fucking sell it out. Like manifest that. Manifest that and trust yourself and trust that like, you know, if you're a baby band, yes, there are, there are dues you need to pay. And this is where skill meets experience because it's not just, you can't just roll onto the scene and be like, bam, pay me $1,000 for playing three hours. You can't. Yeah. You have to have, because who are you playing to? You have to have the, the following. You have to have the guts. You have to have the work ethic to also be there and show up and do it and like play a good show. You know, there's a lot that goes into reaching that level. I yeah. think.
1: Well, cause what I was, was going to say too, is you could, I completely agree with you, first of all. Um, but I would imagine in a, you know, just being frank, a place like Albuquerque, mm-hmm. a reason why a lot of people don't want to advocate for themselves is, I mean, you've been here long enough. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks mm-hmm. about everybody and everything, mm-hmm. and the more details they can get on you, the better. Mm-hmm. And what would worry me as a performer, like a high level musician performer, or even someone like, coming up trying to make the name for themselves, what would worry me is if you go to, um, you go to venue A,
2: mm-hmm.
1: A, you just played. And let's say, whether it was agreed upon, whether it wasn't agreed upon, I thought I was going to make $500 for the band. Now, it just means the mm-hmm. performance. The band makes 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. But we only got paid $250. Mm-hmm. And, and like you just said, maybe it's a Saturday night. And you're mm-hmm. seeing all that money. And you're seeing, let's be frank, you're, let's say you're a little sober. <laughs> and you're seeing the rest of the crowd. And uh-huh. they're like,
2: what?
1: And right. they're losing their fucking mind. <laughs> we got Billy going back five times for his eighth whiskey. <laughs> We I mean, know how he got eight out of five, but he got it and right. And he tips well. He tips. <laughs> That's how he got it. And and you know you're seeing the money just mm-hmm. circulate through the room. And let's say you're one of two bands that are playing, mm-hmm. and you only you only get two hundred fifty bucks for the for the whole group. And then you go to the promoter or whoever you're coordinating with, and you say, "Hey, like you just said, I know the draw I have. We just packed this place out. Next time, pay me more." Are like, professionally obviously but I'd right. like to get paid more, or we might have to sever this relationship or put it on hold. Mm-hmm. And then they say kick rocks. Mm-hmm. So they're not they aren't only telling you to kick rocks. They go to venue B, C, D, E, F, and G, and they're like, hey. Then they spin that story, so- and they're like, hey, this band's a bunch of fucking assholes, mm-hmm. and they try gouging us for a thousand dollars off of a one-hour show. Don't work with them again, mm-hmm. because and, that, and and that's totally hypothetical. That is not you're not wrong, and that's not a story that I've heard. But I, I just I imagine, but it could I imagine that happening here in mm-hmm. Albuquerque because of how, because of how tight knit this community is. And one of the things that, and I, I hate saying it because every like every musician I've brought this up to, both on and off the podcast, have agreed with me. It's hard to build a great reputation here, but it is so easy to tank it. Mm-hmm. And that's like there, there's some positives to that, but there's a lot more negatives and that that would scare me as someone trying to advocate for myself and like hey I, I we kind of blew the roof off this fucking place why am I only getting a couple hundred bucks you know what i mean
0: well and that, and that's where that's where I mean. I'm not saying that like that every show I play is like a big money <laughs> show. That's not what There's I'm saying. There's a lot
1: of people that disagree with you. I'm
0: like if that if that was the case, I would be wearing a lot better clothes. <laughs> oh, I would be in way better digs. Um, I would not have rolled up in my Honda Fit, sir. Hey, um, hey,
1: it just, does your car have AC? It does. You're doing all right. <laughs> Mine does not. All summer, uh, no AC. I'm a wet back in real time getting home from work. Oh my God. I get, I'll i get home, peel my shirt off and just squeegee that shit uh, over a sink.
0: Happy July. <laughs>
1: but anyway, um, you're saying.
0: But, but so, okay. So I think that in that scenario, it would take, it takes a lot. Like, yes, there are, this is a small town. Yeah. This is a small town. People do talk. Absolutely. But, you know, people aren't talking for nothing. Maybe watch yourself. Behave correct. Come correct. Come right. You know? Like, I've been in this scene for 12 years, and I treat everybody with respect and kindness and fucking show up professional, and that is one thing people can say about me in this town throughout, is that I'm a joy to fucking work with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am a motherfucking hoot, thank you.
0: But, but, you yeah, know no, for like, real. yeah, but it comes with that. and that yeah. and that comes from also being humble in the same sense of like yeah. of we did like, we didn't get where we were overnight, you know, yeah, but it was, it was hard conversations. It was like, hey, how did that look to you? Because it looked really good to me.
2: Mm. Do you
0: think it looks like more?
2: Mm. Do you
0: think it looks like 500 bucks?
2: Love that. Um,
0: And I think that also on on what you were talking about of that disappointment, right? Like you walk into a gig being like, okay, it's a $500 gig. Make sure, like just business advice, make sure that you're walking into a gig knowing everything because people are going to try to gouge you and people are going to try and take if they can. And there are people, unfortunately, who have been in this business, who have gotten away with that shit and will continue to do
1: it to people. That's a fact.
0: You know, and so be be, you advocate for yourself not only by saying, like, I am worth this much, but, okay, it's a $500 night. How many people are on the bill? What are you planning on paying out these people? How is that payout look? Do I get paid out that night? Do I get paid out from the bar? Do I get a cut of the bar? Do I get a cut of the door? What does all of that look like? Because every venue breaks it down different, right? Yeah. So... And and that's the thing too, is that you have to, if we're playing somewhere that's like La Chancla, you know, I'm not going to be like, eh, <laughs> $700, you know, like, because that's not what that show is. That show isn't about the money. That's yeah. not a money show. Yeah. That's a show for us. Yeah. And, and I think this is where, where the advocating for yourself and for, as an artist finds that balance. Because if you go into every show
1: expecting, yeah. And demanding
0: and demanding that you get paid this much or whatever, then yeah, people are gonna think you're a jerk. People are not gonna wanna work with you. No one's gonna wanna work with you. Who's gonna book
1: the guy that yeah. Mm -hmm. Well and
0: and if you show up with no chops, you roll in, you roll in expecting to be treated like you are
1: royalty like God's gift to Earth yeah
0: dude I mean I don't it's I I love that you and I'm very touched you know that you say like you are the queen and you are these things and like and I I love the influence that I have had in my fellow members in this community and how I have contributed to this community but I never expect that you know like I walk into every gig just being like cool we're all playing together like and I'm playing and I'm I'm just You know, enjoying and having fun. And so I think when you start losing the fun of it and you start forgetting why you're there and you start putting so much value on, you put your value and worth on the money of it as opposed to what it gives you here, right? I play benefit shows for kids a CLN kids show we do every year and that's one of my favorite shows to be a part of I try and get as many bands that I know to be a part of it because and we play for free and we don't make and every all the money for the tickets that people come to see us goes towards that organization
2: that's kick ass
0: and and in that other end too like you play another venue and you make 300 bucks for an hour and thanks I just got paid to practice Cause that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's the secret. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful. I think dude, for me, I'm thankful every time I get to hit that stage because what COVID taught me right coming out of it is that none of this is guaranteed. None of it's promised. You know, I could have something crazy happen and never be able to sing again. I could do something that, you know, changes my life completely and I don't get to go on stage anymore. So I'm never going to take it for granted. To me, when we're singing together and when I feel the audience breathe, like that's my payment. And I know it sounds cheesy as fuck and I know it sounds like all like whatever, but No, it's passion. It is. Yeah, it's passion. It is. I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm very passionate about what I do. I also value my time and what I do because it isn't just my time. It's also like, I mean, think about the people it takes from. Like this doesn't just take from me. It takes from my partner. It takes from my family. There's things that I've missed. You know, like I missed my nephew's birthday for six years in a row because I went to South by, which it's – Great.
1: For those but of you at home, those are a six South by Southwest uh, appearances. <laughs> She's a very good businesswoman. Take notes. <laughs> like, we not were it at two, and <laughs> <laughs> now we're at six. Uh,
0: but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's... And that's why I'm like, no, you should pay us for that. Because also, like, that's how red light has survived. We don't take any money from the band. Like, I don't get paid out as a musician. I don't think people know this. But I don't take any money from red light cameras. We get paid when we're on tour. We pay out a stipend because we're working, Mm -hmm. right? So you get, like, a stipend for your work day. Mm -hmm. But every show, we put all of that money back into the band. And it has paid for our tours. It pays for our merch. It pays for everything so that I can still live and I can still, like, be comfortable and be okay and it's not completely, like, sucking right. everything from me, you know? Yeah. But so, you know, advocating for yourself, I'm advocating because I believe in this.
1: Yeah, no, when, when 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 the slums, when they told me off camera how much money they got to drop per song in a studio,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I just about had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. It's like, my, fuck. All right, y'all love it. Keep at it. Because they are talented as well. Oh, yeah. But I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. And they told me the exact same thing. Like, yeah, we don't take a cut. We just pump it right back into the band. And that's why you, amongst others, mm-hmm. stay at the level you're at. It's that level of professionalism, business-minded. Um, okay, so you guys get out of your first three years of red light cameras. You've hit your groove. You're starting to click. Mm-hmm. Um, what was advancing in the Albuquerque music scene looking like, let's say, between... I know. I said we move away from time, but let's say like 2015 to 2019. What did that look like? So, um, like can I
0: remember those years? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like a lot of late nights. Um, it. I mean, for us, for us, we grew. Um, in that second year, one thing that big thing that changed for us is we got our drummer Joey. Um, who was with us for eight amazing years and ten, Oh my gosh. Yeah, ten years. No, I'm bad at math. I told you. I told you. <laughs> um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Joey was with us for a long time, and he was a big change for us that kind of, like, drove us because he had been – he was a professional musician. Like, he elevated us. He was in a band called The Dirty Novels, Um, who had, like, a spot on MTV. They had, like, a whole... They toured across the country for a long time. They were amazing. Um, And big for Albuquerque, you know? I think that... And they were right around the times, like, that the shins and everything happened, too. Okay. So in, like, Albuquerque music history (laughs) (laughs) lesson, you see these kind of, like, waves of big changes, right? So in that time, that, like, 19... (laughs) 19 back to 15... I think it grew in a big way that a lot of us who were, like, it it changed in a big way. Like, the indie scene got really big. It started to kind of change into more of, like, dance. Like, people really wanted to dance. I don't know what was happening in 2016, but everybody wanted to
1: dance. You motherfuckers got way too happy. All right, <laughs> better tone it down. We got a big thing coming. You don't know it yet. know. <laughs> we got a big thing coming in 2020. Better tone that shit down.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was this. Yeah. And then the dance died. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I feel like I'm trying. I'm trying to remember like things that stood out to me in that time of like. Where other bands were changing, right? And I think even even bands that were still established then, like they changed their sound and had more of kind of like a dancey groove take to more it. Like poppy. I think, yeah. I think I think honestly we just kind of accepted pop. I think as as a people in general, I think we embraced Britney and then realized she wasn't okay. <laughs> And then we just agreed that it was something that was good with the
2: pop. <laughs>
1: God, that but you know what's sad? Like, cause I watched. Fuck, was it her? No, it was Paris Hilton, because Paris Hilton had her documentary on on. Uh, oh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. I think, and I watched that, and I know she had a very same like conservatorship issue as Britney mm-hmm. Spears learning about what that actually looks like like knowing that you're your own person
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can advocate like like mentally you can advocate and fight and like talk for yourself mm-hmm. but the law says no because there's a piece of paper this other oh i remember watching i was watching that with my ex and uh and I was just saying that, and slowly but sure, I was on the couch sitting like this, and it just turned into one of these.
2: Uh-huh. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like,
1: what is going on? Like, how can that be possible? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine getting that much money and that much success out of all the hard. Because they, like, talk about like mental breaks. Like, like, Paris Hilton in the limelight. I'm sure she got fucked with heavy because of how her family was, and they, that documentary mm-hmm. highlighted that. You know, very sadly, Mm -hmm. but the two pop stars I always think about are Michael Jackson and Britney Spears Mm -hmm. because they were just treated like workhorses. They weren't even performers anymore. They were like this, like like a conduit, like an electric conduit for money. Bananas to me. I mean,
0: well, I mean, it's been happening for years. Yeah, it's nothing new. Look at Judy Garland. Judy Garland. They gave her. Uppers to come up and, and things and to I'm, come down. I just
1: know she was big she was may or, may or may not by her own choice big into drugs. I don't know her full story. Well, I just know it was very tragic.
0: Yeah, well, so I mean I mean Hollywood has been doing this for years. Yeah. And and unfortunately like music falls under that, I think, a little bit as well, because we are kind of this image, right? And like you 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 are expected going back to, you know, people venues not valuing you, you're expected to show up as what they think you are. Right. Whether you're having a good day or a bad day or what. Right? And unfortunately, a lot of people do turn to other vices for that. And like, and especially in old Hollywood, where it was like, just Papa Valley, I'm sweetie, you're going to be fine. Like, it, <laughs> it's done, like, yeah. um, there, that, it was so normalized that everyone did it, you know? So yeah. nobody knew to step in and be like, oh, this isn't okay. So, but hers, yeah, it was like, I mean, and a lot of things were, I mean, a lot of these actresses started because of weight things too, like, oh, being a woman in this industry is just wonderful. Um, it's so, there's so many other factors that go into it, but what you're talking about of this, like, of you being a person, and 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 what makes me so sad is that, like, you think about, like, back in the day, in, like, Roman times, right, when, like actors and things were, like, revered and blah, blah, blah. And there's supposed to be this idea that, like, you're this, like, other level of cool. (laughs) But there are people that want to control that. There's always going to be somebody that wants to catch the butterfly. There's going to be people who are content to watch it and let it exist and let it be in nature as it should be. And then there's always going to be that person that wants to catch the butterfly and keep it. Well, that was
1: Elvis's manager. Um, oh, what's his fucking name? I always think I, I look at because of the movie that came out with Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. I always mm-hmm. think about for some reason. I think about the Colonel. Was his name the Colonel? I don't know. Right. I think his name was the Colonel. Um,
0: I mean, but he did that to Elvis.
1: Yeah, he absolutely yeah. destroyed. Not that Elvis was a perfect person, but right. he absolutely destroyed. I mean, Priscilla's going to
0: come out and show us all that.
1: The, Okay, mm. so I had that in mind. Mm. Yes, because, and you know what? Shout out to fucking A24, because I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, they're doing great. Like, work.
1: I don't know why it's not getting reported on as much, but A24 conceded to the writer strikes and the actor strikes. Did you see that? Really? They conceded. They were like, oh, you want more pay? Okay, sounds good. Here you go. And now, through the unions, they are the only working studio right now. Is that surprising? No. But yeah, so they're coming out with Priscilla, and it's uh, it's Copeland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the like the legacy child from the Copeland family, and I forget I forget her first name. Um, oh, I'm terrible. with names And uh, the main guy from Euphoria, uh, who plays the like the jock character. I forget his name. But that first trailer. Someone's look,
0: googling looked, it right now and you, screaming at us. Yes, it's the
1: fucking you don't know Euphoria. Yeah. But anyway, no, that that movie looks fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait. Like I watched um just A twenty four. I watched uh Genius is the way they made it. Um X and then Pearl. Have you seen those with Mia Goth, the horror films?
0: Oh my gosh. I want to see Pearl so bad. Have that you seen is X? Good on my list. No. You need
1: to watch X first. X First. Okay. Yes, because Pearl is the prequel to X. Oh. Yeah, so basically what happened is the main guy. Um, I think his name is Ty West something like that the director he wrote and directed both films mm-hmm. and they made X and they are like well I have a great idea for a prequel to this and we're already here you got some money Mia Goth and they got some of that Shia LaBeouf Transformers money in there mm-hmm. and she produced or helped produce uh, Pearl and they shot him back to back so I think X came out and then maybe eight or nine months later Pearl came out And they're doing the third one, uh, which is going to be set in, it's still a prequel to X, but it's like, so if, so if like Pearl is here and then the next one's here, X is here. So they're making like two prequels that lead up to, and it's called uh, Maxine and it's the main character going to Hollywood and it's, it's going to be fucking, I don't want to spoil nothing. Okay. Okay. But it's so fucking good.
0: I'm going to have to have a movie marathon and watch it's, the X and watch X. And then Pearl. Pearl. So
1: fucking And then we good. can talk about it
0: before Maxine comes yes. out. Yes. That
1: means she's coming back. Anyway. So, <laughs> no. Phenomenal films. And that studio, like, when I found out that they were, they conceded to the writer strikes and the actor strikes and like, hey, we'll pay you what you guys, are just like, we we'll go back to what you, you know, know your worth. Know your worth. Right? And they're going to get paid that, that studio. That's fucking awesome.
0: Right. I mean, and it's, it's we're doing a service. Yeah. We're doing a service. Yeah. yeah.
1: Performers are not dancing monkeys.
0: No. Like whether you want to admit it or not. I mean, we, we work at what we do. And I think that especially the people that you can tell, like, this is our life. Yeah. Like value that.
1: Well, I was having a conversation. I went out, this is more than a few weeks ago. I went out with some friends and we we're having a couple of drinks. We were talking about this and, Not that they were like advocating part of studios, but one of my friends was like, "Well, why is like why is the strike happening?" And we were talking about like residuals and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. and because I didn't know this fact until like four or five months ago, that fuck like ninety percent of the writers' guild have multiple jobs on top of writing. And then, like, something like 80, something close to 90 of the Actors Guild have multiple jobs on top of acting. Mm-hmm. But then, I, I, when I was reading those statistics, I sat down and I thought about it. I was like, okay, well, I think about a production like, uh, like the recent Batman that came out with Pattinson. Mm-hmm. That movie had a budget of like 250, 300 mil, it brought in close to 900. Pattinson made, I think, nine million, $10 Uh which is still a shit ton of money. Yeah. That's a ton of money. Good for him. He's had a long career. He's no longer Uh the Twilight Boy. Good for him, right? (laughs) Oh, another A24 film, The Lighthouse. Have you seen that with him and Willem Dafoe? So good. Did I see The Lighthouse? It's in black and white. No. Yeah, it's in black and white. It's him and Willem Dafoe. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but it's them losing their mind in a Lighthouse for an hour and a half. Oh, and it is one of the best. Very,
0: o- like, no exit vibes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very, okay. uh, like, uh, Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. like, esoteric, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. fear of the unknown shit. It's very good. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so I thought about it. I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to be the guy that advocates on, like, the part of millionaires. Because they they have their life together. Like, if you're a millionaire, you've got it. Whatever. Right. But if you look at the grand scale of things, what is 9 or 10 million against 900 million? Mm-hmm. Like, He's the lead guy in that movie. Mm-hmm. That m- movie succeeds and fails on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Maybe fifteen million is not that much more to pay the guy. Right? Maybe twenty million is not that much more to pay the guy. If this, and then how much is the studio collecting back? And I understand that there's like. Dozens and dozens of people, that, especially with like superhero movies, how much like people have to work on that. Mm-hmm. But it's like with the level of responsibility, I think is not what a lot of people are understanding. And then it goes to like the bigger people that are financing these movies. Um, and I think, thankfully, like I don't want, I don't ever want movie theaters to fail. Obviously, I love going to the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to create movies one day. But I think the corporate greed. Is starting to make its way into like the like the public zeitgeist, and people are starting to understand that like I don't know how much I'm actually supporting the creatives by going to the theater, right? And now like that mixed with the economy, mixed with like these movies aren't that great anymore. Is all this cookie cutter bullshit. And that's coming from a guy who loves superheroes.
0: Well, because it's the same. <laughs> it's
1: the same fucking thing. Well, and it's the same five people
0: yeah. that are saying, no, we don't like that.
2: <laughs>
1: get,
0: yeah. get just some new people in the mix. And, and I think that that's more, I think the strike is more than money. Personally, it's I a lot of it's, principles involved. Yeah, it's for a, it's sure, it's a lot of principles and a lot of like, and a lot of the sense of like, just because something's been done that way doesn't mean that we should keep doing it that way. Like, right. let's fucking change it, you know. And I think that it's more than just we're advocating. For, we're we're advocating for like being treated fairly. I mean, think about Rust. You know, that movie was a hot freaking mess. Oh,
2: like that,
1: that, that was it, the Alec Baldwin but, debacle. Mm-hmm. Well, then right. you hear
0: about all of it and how like it really came down to funding, and they're like. They're trying to blame it on the fact that, like, oh, well, we had no funding to hire a good person that could, like, actually be in charge of that. Like, That's
1: a load of bullshit. It's bullshit. That is the big—I've read that, too. And that is the biggest crock of mm-hmm. shit. You could get any—you don't have to be a military veteran. Mm-hmm. You could get any person who has any experience with weapons and ask them, hey, clear the weapons. See what happens. Just clear the—that's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. It's For anyone who has any experience with weapons, ask them to clear it. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll make sure there's not a fucking live round in there, right. <laughs>
0: like. But yeah, you know, I mean that really
1: angered me when I read those articles. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it's more of like a hey, don't put us in these situations either. Mm-hmm. You know, of like not even like don't not even like pay me the money, but like pay the money so that we're safe. Pay the money so that we're working okay. So that if you we're really not- have
1: to pay top dollar for a person to make sure a prop gun doesn't have a live round in it pay, pay the that. extra fucking fifty thousand 000 <laughs> yes. or whatever it was because yes ugh, yeah. yeah that's just that that whole situation made no sense to me it's, it's because it's like well okay let's let's assume let's assume that this guy that the prop master really was that stupid that's mm-hmm. just because i think it was negligence i don't well, think i don't oh she was like wasn't
0: she like 20 something
1: I don't. I didn't read anything about the so, prop master. No.
0: So weapons master. Okay. Not prop master. Oh, okay. Weapons master. So there was okay. a person just in charge of that. Oh, but, Jesus! Like, she's like the daughter of a dude who's really well known for being a good weapons master. So everyone's like, we thought she'd do a good job. Oh. Bottom line, <laughs> bottom line. Even if you, even if you are giving, because everybody has to shoot their shot, right? And everybody needs that's that step bad, in. That's a
1: poor choice of words, right there. Ooh, that's a poor choice. <laughs> So <laughs> it's, oh. been past, it's been oh, past it's six coming. months. Fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> that's comedy now. Fuck them. I was making Ooh. fun of Lizzo a week after that shit went down. All right. We're cool. <laughs> anyway, continue.
0: Um, which, that's another one we should talk about. But anyway, anyway. I'm um, just, there's two sides to every story. Yes. But this girl, you know, I mean, you. everybody needs that, like, break. Right. And I think she was sold that this is gonna be your break. Right. And you're gonna to get to this is gonna lead you to bigger things. This was a big project that she probably shouldn't have been in the head of it on. I you agree. know? One hundred percent. And agree. then I mean, there's a lot of things that happened because of it. And you look at where we're willing to cut ties because of money, you know, another thing. I don't know if that's I mean yeah. someone's on the internet screaming at us that like, no,
1: that's not right. No, well, they actually they went uh, sh- shut up. Shut up. I but,
0: <laughs> Alec Baldwin liked our bathroom. It's fine. Well,
1: you know what? Wait, what? Did you see that? Uh-uh.
0: Oh, my God. He posted on, like, Instagram or something. He went into the bathroom in the airport and took a video, and he was like, this is the most beautiful airport bathroom I have ever been in. Look at this. Look at this. It's so clean. It's so things. And, I mean, and Burke ran with it. For a whole freaking week, everybody shared it. Everybody was about it. They're like, first of all, Alec Baldwin's here, and he likes our bathroom. The
1: famous Baldwin likes our bathrooms. Oh, my God. (laughs) 30 Rock likes our bathrooms. Oh, my God. Fucking, yeah, I just, I don't know. Because, again, even if that person was, didn't know how to do their job, they were negligent, Uh mixed, maybe it was a mixture of the two. Who knows? Either way, because, again, the way that I had read that story was, Alec Baldwin just took it and started fucking around. And then when it went off is when it hit the cinematographer.
0: Well, that he was, like, supposed to leave practicing. And the shot that they were trying to get. The shot they were trying to get, he's supposed to have the gun in, like, the barrel down.
1: Oh, and I read that he was just fucking around with it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, how and things get reported.
0: Was, I mean, and... Exactly, right? Interesting. You never know. And, and, I mean, going back to talking about how, you know, you never know who talks. You never know. It's a small fucking city and all this shit. But, I mean, who's standing around you and who's going to say first what they think they saw? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's why you always got to play nice, kids. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's just such a crazy debacle to me. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So about the comment that I made. uh, I tried my best. Uh, it it was very strange I'm I'm dipping my my toes in performing. Mm-hmm. Not with music, but with with stand up. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and i love it personally. I I Isn't love It is so fun. It's interesting. Well, cuz I I've li- I have always like I much like you said a little bit earlier, I've always been a loud person. Mm-hmm. just naturally like a loud person. I was always told as a kid to be quiet in class and stop talking and even though I would my my whisper like if people, if normal people <laughs> whisper at like a two, I whisper at like a five, <laughs> and I'm told that today as an adult, you know, like, like yeah, I don't. This is a little behind the scenes, my mic is keyed down a little bit more than yours is.
0: Oh, really? A little bit,
1: not enough, but a little <laughs> bit is so that when I pop into Premiere, and I have to fix it in post. That's because I'm a loud fucking guy, and I'm done. I'm done. Like just trying to. Well, hey, I want to know talk like normal. Yeah. But
0: why but look at and on that end why dim your shine.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: Why dim yes. your shine? Be loud.
1: So then I try stand up. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I just I just I also like just I like talking shit and mm-hmm. I was and I'm the guy in the friend group that tries to be funny and it falls flat half the time but the other half that I don't offend you people laugh at it. So I was like, okay. And I and I didn't really realize I just I grew up loving stand up. Mm-hmm. Just adoring it. And I didn't know that there was stand up in Albuquerque, because I just again I grew up with that like Kenyan mentality. It was like oh we don't have a whole have a whole lot. We do have a couple of things, but you know
0: there's this whole mentality of just because I don't see it, it doesn't exist.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. that's the perfect way to put it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I never saw it, so therefore why would it be here? And so post COVID, I start doing this. I find out about comedians I'm like oh shit, we have things here. And then the post COVID just boom of entertainment. I'm like oh there's like. Open mics and shit. And there's like, and one of my friends is a comic here. Uh, he used to host an open mic this past summer. And he was like, after one of the open mics, he's like, hey, you're doing stand up next week. I don't care if you've got 20 seconds in you, you're getting up there and you're doing it. And I went up there and I did it. I had a joke that did okay and the rest of my shit bombed. But I was like, that was actually kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know how to write, but that was kind of fun. And so I did a couple of shows. My last show that I did, I it was interesting to me just like, cause I have no experience in reading crowds mm-hmm. and I guess I think that that comes with time, mm-hmm. but I did a lot of my premise was about the Lizzo debacle and what happened. And for people that are listening that don't know what happened, I guess her and her dance team for her TV show are touring right now and they were in Amsterdam and they went to a strip club and they went to a back room and a banana got involved and things got really fucking weird. Did you read about that? So I did. I did. And I read, just
0: just to... Yeah. And I read Lizzo's rebuttal to it.
1: Ooh. So,
0: have you read that?
1: I have not. Go read that. Oh, boy. Because there's always
0: two sides. So, right after, they made this whole claim. She was like, if you look back...
1: Because they were like, she put a banana up a stripper's... And made a dancer eat it and shit. Like...
0: Bro, there's champagne rooms and strip clubs... That
1: do a lot worse. That do
0: a lot worse. That do a lot worse. Like... At least there was nutrition involved.
1: <laughs> that, that was part of my joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did Lizzo, Lizzo change her diet now? But oh. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway. But but like I mean, and this is the thing that her re- response was: these dancers were the same dancers I fired a week ago. Ooh. She let all three of them go because of their behavior when they were on tour.
1: But why were? They, but if that's and the then, case, then why were they hanging out?
0: But so so here's the thing. I mean, you. As you're performing and everything, like you're gonna go out, right? You're working with each other. You go out with people after work sometimes and have drinks with Billy that you don't necessarily oh, so want to go with. So they went out like, and
1: got fired afterwards.
0: It wasn't they got fired not because of that scenario. That scenario is what they used
1: right, as their right. but as the,
0: their like thing to bad to shame list. The
1: firing happened after the incident though. Uh huh. Uh way mm. after the incident.
0: Like much after the incident okay. had ha- like already happened, Lizzo let them go because they weren't re- representing her tour correctly. Okay, and, and it was
1: it was propped up on ca- on on charges not charges but like propped up on accusations of extreme fat shaming, which. Yeah. Also, I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, look—you're picking the wrong and it
1: writes itself horse. To, to, to do that <laughs> it
0: like writes it. itself. Come like, on really? now. You're telling me that the woman who has literally spent the last three years advocating for body positivity is fat shaming. It's the
1: whale getting mad at the ship. All right, it's not going to work out well. No,
0: and and also it was like they were just trying to throw and see what stuck. Mm. And the thing is, is that like Lizzo has not like been shy either about like yeah i like going to strip clubs and and yeah. and because there is this coming along with that Cardi B in this movement of like not necessarily their music but like but empowerment of women and sex workers. I don't know. Wet-ass like, pussy is one hell of a fucking
1: <laughs> empowerment it's theme. A, it's an
0: empowerment <laughs> theme. But, I mean, there's a lot of people like, oh, my gosh, she needs a bad <laughs> She's an Like,
1: well, well, credit to Cardi... I don't listen to a lot of her music, but credit to her for what I know about her story is she started out in a strip club, she got found in a strip club, and she's owned that persona. and yes. like, She's never lied about owning it. Owning it. Fair enough. Like, fair enough. Well,
0: because we're owning it, dude. Yeah. Because, like, I mean... Everybody's like, "Oh, you're a stripper. It's terrible." It's like, "No, you pay for it," and
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> and like you know, and it's 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 leaning into this part of this world that is like said to be taboo, but why? And well, she, it's, it's called
1: the oldest profession for a reason because
0: it's it is it is yeah, it literally is. <laughs> yeah. um, America was built on the backs of women, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> While they laid on them. Just kidding. Anyway, continue.
0: Um, they, uh, <laughs> so I think that like Lizzo in like with Cardi B, in, in going to the strip clubs and everything, it is more of a statement. And less of like a ooh, I'm going and doing this thing. Well, right. It's more yeah. of like a let's go and support these women that are hustling and. Well, are the, I and think like,
1: they also wanted to fucking party a bit. Oh let's let yeah. no no I, I mean, don't. I think the support. The- I think the support aspect was the PR <laughs> backup. They didn't expect the banana debacle to come out, and Dude. I don't think. And I, and I thought about that too like as I was writing out my bits I was like, well, obviously I'm playing this exaggerated version of a story and exaggerated version of myself for comedy. But right. I'm wondering like like okay, how much of this cuz we're living in a very like coddled age, mm-hmm. right? So how much of this was yes, Lizzo fat shamed and said fuck you and all these things or how much of it was Lizzo being, "Hey, I have a fucking business to run here, and you guys don't have the work ethic to keep up with it, and they took with it. And she's like, hey, I'm fat as fuck, and I'm doing it, so why aren't you being fat as fuck and doing it? Is it work ethic? It might be, and that's where a lot of the, the firings mm-hmm. happened and a lot of the, hey, you're not representing properly, mm-hmm. and they took the obvious mm-hmm. and ran with the,
2: well, she fat shamed us. Well,
0: well and well, I think I think also... Um cancel culture is so big. Yeah. In our in our generation right now. Yeah. Like it's and and people use that for evil yeah. sometimes, you know. And I think that there's a lot of times that like it has done great things. Like, no, it's definitely gone where it's like dished out done. where it's deserved. It has definitely done good things where it should have, you know, but there's this really quick to, especially with like bigger people like this, where it's very easy to be like, oh well, I'm gonna say all the things that I know people are gonna be upset at you for, mm. and so they're gonna cancel you, and hoping that that happens and like carries out, and it does. You watch it happen to people. Like, anyway.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. That's very true. Like, well, that's the thing. That's at least to me, anyway. That's the interesting thing about cancel cultures, for the most part. I think, for as rudimentary as humans can be we have like we have commonalities with like a bottom line mm-hmm. like if you're a fucking weirdo and you love going to strip clubs or like like because hey and you're or not like, a weirdo or, or, or if like, you do, or like the Lu- you or you know? do weird things there or like the louis ck thing where apparently he was like jerking off on the phone when he spoke to people dude that's weird that's so weird and you should like figure <laughs> that out for sure and- but does that mean you shouldn't be allowed to like Get your life back together, here's, and
0: here's the problem with that: is that it doesn't matter whether yeah. you prefer, 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 whether you prefer chocolate, strawberry, or vanilla sex. It doesn't matter what you like, what your kink is. Consent is important. Yes, I agree. No, Consent I agree. is important. I agree. Where that was wrong is that like, yes. you can't call someone that doesn't know you're doing
1: that. If you right. like
0: text your girl and you're like, "So I'm gonna do this because that's what I like." <laughs> And Listen, then she's
1: like, tell sure. me about your day you had a great day at the office funny thing about how i feel about that it kind of no but no i i agree no get reprimanded for sure get totally. reprimanded and when it's due and really like
0: but you can't sit there and be like oh yeah well you yeah. drink you, you really they really drink a lot of whiskey though like,
1: right no no no, I no. Use it for and advantage. i'm just i'm just saying like in that case like He and he did get reprimanded socially, Mm -hmm. financially. His managers dropped him. He okay, yeah. There is punishment that needs to get needs to get dished out. But to act like that type of cancel culture is the same as like the Chris Delia thing. Where Chris Delia like Mm -hmm. he had sex with minors. Mm -hmm. Like the like the fact that guy is still on like podcasts and shit like that, and still has a business built around his name. Did you see his cameo in you? It, yeah, Dude. yes, because his character prefaced what he was doing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. exactly. Like, his his character pre- for people who don't know what the fuck we're <laughs> geeking out about right now. So it. in the very famous show You on Netflix, he played a character who was like a famous rapper, right? Or is he a producer? He's a
0: comedian. He like, no, a, no, oh, no, no, no! He's a he's a film he's a film producer. Right, he's a right? film producer, yeah, yeah.
1: and he was hitting on Jenna Ortega's character, mm-hmm. right? And Jenna he was Orte- like sixteen, and 15. Jenna Ortega was like fifteen or sixteen, and the character that Penn Badgley plays was protecting Jenna Ortega from Lea. and it's fucked up. <laughs> I remember like watching that season and be like, damn, he plays a creep really well. Like he. What a multifaceted actor! But yeah, now it comes out that he may or may not, because he never got taken to trial for it, but he may or may not have had sex with minors. And so when it when it comes to assault and rape, mm-hmm. I, I can't equate that to being weird over the phone. You know what I mean? Oh no, no, no! You no, see no. what I'm trying to say? Like, I see exactly what you're saying. So I think the punishment needs to fit the the crime. Right. And so to say that like someone that does weird shit and they they need to figure it out. Okay, great. You assault another person? Yes. People have that common denominator in cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, we need the cancel culture, and we need me to move it to get rid of Harvey Weinstein. Like, what he right. was doing was absolutely fucking horrendous, and it mm-hmm. was really fucked up. So I went down, like, a rabbit hole on, like, the, the, the court files and that shit. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that dude's dick didn't work. Did you know that? So he had a form of necrosis going on down there.
2: What?
1: And he had to inject a, like a steroid or some shit to make him get hard. Whoa. So it wasn't even sexuality. It was pure power. power.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, kill that dude and bury him under the prison. Fuck that guy.
0: Oh, dude.
1: But, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's like you're saying, you know, I mean, get people help that need to get help. That like maybe like, hey, dude yeah <laughs> like what's going on we should, have, <laughs> we should have a talk that's maybe not the idea maybe not the best choice <laughs> yeah you know and then right like if you're a fucking rapist and you should get canceled then yeah. yes you should get canceled yes if you're mad at someone because they fired you yes. that is not a reason to use i agree. what to use what you have used as their friend because yeah. you also were in a moment. Where mm-hmm. you were all in participating. It's not like you were forced there. It's not like she yeah. like held you against your will and was like, "Watch me do this. Well, and that's like, like the that's scenario.
1: Not- I, and I'm just not a talented writer, so I couldn't play out on stage. But I can't imagine a scenario where like Lizzo's the big boss, you know, like a mob boss sitting in the back of right. the smoke <laughs> and mirrors, and she's she's there with the revolver. she's like eat the banana right. like I don't see that happening I just personally I don't I don't see that playing out the way that these um, whistleblowers quote unquote mm-hmm. want, it, want it to play out mm-hmm. I don't see that mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of the common sense and a lot of like the the, the yeah the common denominators that people have when it comes to like vetting these stories mm-hmm. you know like of course there's people that's why clickbait works so well where there's people that read the extreme stuff like, oh they fucking did it we got her. Oh my God. And then there's also the people in the other end of the spectrum. They're like, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything. It's not going to fucking happen. It's just interesting how that, and then to bring it locally, like I've seen it happen where people talk and they take a narrative and run with it. And like, I'll know some of the people they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, you might not like this person, but I, I have a feeling that's not true.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just happens. Oh, like I don't, we were talking about, um, how the internet accelerated exposure right. and accelerated, you know, um, hey, I don't need to go play at a bar for eight people mm-hmm. to get my exposure. And that's what you pay me in. Mm-hmm. No, I can do that on my own now. I feel like that's kind of like the negative side of it is that you can the wrong things about someone and the false things about someone can get exposed. Mm-hmm. And that just absolutely tanks a, uh, um, tanks a reputation. For no reason at all. Right. And it's just it I don't it's just absolutely fucking bananas to me. One question to switch subjects, but one question I had an I, I had a really pick your brain about. You mentioned it earlier that you are you're married, right?
0: I'm getting married.
1: You're getting married. Yes. Okay, okay. So you're engaged. I am. Um how long have you two been engaged for?
0: We've been engaged for two years. Okay. Uh, we've been together for eight.
1: Eight years. Mm-hmm. So and you've been in the band for twelve. Mm-hmm. So the majority of your time in the band has been spent with this person. Mm -hmm. What does the touring aspect? I feel like this is something that, that people just really don't get told a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, like the, not the ugly side, but the, the trying side, the mentally, emotionally taxing side of show business. Like Mm -hmm. you're going out, you're touring, you've done South by Southwest six times. (laughs) And you know, you're, you're going out, you're doing things and then you have to go to band practice. You're Mm -hmm. playing late shows. You're doing Mm -hmm. this. How do you balance that and then also the more private part of uh, of show music, like the writing you do by yourself the practicing you do by yourself of, where of being
0: a human yeah
1: yeah <laughs> where you gotta be on your own even if you're not with the band yeah. you have to be on your own to contribute to the band
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you balance that while nourishing a relationship
0: um uh first of all shout out to my future husband um Cruz is an amazing man um when we first started dating we actually i mean um
1: did he meet you like as the lead singer mm-hmm. of is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, i just imagine because i feel like a lot of our generation is just spongebob references and i just imagine when patrick saw mindy the the princess from the um the king neptune's daughter oh from the spongebob movie <laughs> oh you're hot I know.
0: <laughs> or the the way I get the wayne's rolled a lot the swing she's a babe <laughs>
1: um, So he, when he met you he knew you as the the lead singer mm-hmm. Okay
0: knew me as a lead singer um we were friends first we actually okay. worked together uh for a long time and when we so when we were really dating dating I mean I guess we've been dating for, yeah when we were starting to date um I told him I was like so this is not a phase
1: just Good so you for know. you. There you go. Um,
0: and, that's, and that's the conversation that to have, you know? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: the people I had dated before him, because, I mean, dating people as a performer in general, you know, not even just as a musician. Dating dating is hard as a human. Yeah. <laughs> but being a performer, especially, like, I mean, as an act, in, in all different aspects, actress, burlesque, oh my gosh, like, the trust. The trust is the mm. biggest thing.
1: If you don't mind, let's hmm. take a little piece of that, yeah. as a burlesque performer, mm-hmm. is that all here in New Mexico mm-hmm. okay what are stigmas that you fought against? Do you still burlesque mm-hmm. okay, so what are okay, so I don't say in the past tense that's why I asked yeah, no no what are uh stigmas or uh preconceived notions that you're having to actively like work against being a burlesque performer
0: um first of all, that you're just a stripper. <laughs> first of all. Um, Everybody's like, oh, so you're a stripper? It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, I strip tease, but it's not, there's such an art form that comes along with it. And it really is like, it's empowering. Like a lot of the women that I actually do burlesque with got into it because of, they were trying to find that piece of themselves. Burlesque, all of the modes of performance that I do feed a different part of my soul in a different way. Burlesque feeds that like insecure little I was an ugly duckling like very much an ugly duckling um like my family called me little Asian boy for like every like photo I had in 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 high school and everything so I was a very late bloomer um and and that's
1: that's not right
0: (laughs) and I think there's a little oh dude I had really big teeth and I had a lot of bangs and it was just and nothing nothing so it just (laughs) it was a lot not who she is now. Um, (laughs) but you know, I think that, I think that there is so many beautiful things that come from burlesque. And the biggest thing is that it's this, this sense of feeding that insecurity, whatever it is for you. For me, it was a different part of my soul that needed to be fed in that way. And I think that as a dating people, you know, that one was really hard for a lot of people to take, to understand. Because yes, you're like, you're literally taking off your clothes for other people. But it's about like, I mean, for me, I take inspiration into all of my acts. Like they're inspired. Like I did a Fatal Attraction was my last act. Do you know that movie? Uh, oh. Oh my gosh. Glenn Close, Michael Douglas, it's a cult ladies classic. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's
1: with the it's, bunny in
0: the pot. Yeah
1: yeah, 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 Yes. I
0: brought a knife on stage and like had a bunny in a pot that I like took out. It's oh, like a whole thing. Shit. There's okay, so much yeah. more to burlesque that it, that is like it's a it's an act.
1: So I've Each never piece is different. I've never been to a burlesque show. Oh, you should. And, and we have a
0: fabulous burlesque community.
1: <laughs> and for people that are listening that don't like don't know what it is, they only see what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. What I mean and again. You brought up yourself about well, I'm I'm not just a fucking stripper, right? right. So what is the difference between for people that are un uh, uninitiated to it, right? What is the difference between like like a uh, like a strip show and then a burlesque show? Like how how like stripped down are we getting? Like what's mm-hmm. the whole? Perf- I know like, obviously the burlesque is on a stage and there's more production mm-hmm. with it. There's a lot more lights involved,
2: but <laughs> um... I don't know. There's a lot of lights in <laughs> strip clubs,
0: but they. I think the biggest thing. Is that burlesque, you can go, you have the gas and brakes in burlesque, right? Stripping is really driven by the consumer.
2: Right. Because and that consumer an wants you
0: to get. Full new. Right. right. Well, and do, and do whatever that's going to happen there. In burlesque, it is more of you having the power of how much you show and how little you show. Okay. That's where the power comes from it. Um, interesting burlesque is more of an act it's the tease it's the art of the tease right so i would
1: imagine it's an 18 and older show definitely an 18 and older show definitely an
0: 18 and older show but it's about you know like making that elbow sexy as opposed to like the normal parts that you're like oh i love their hips it's like fuck did you see your wrist (laughs) like we're going amish motherfuckers well because you watch like you see these beautiful women come out with like giant fans right? And you can't see anything but their big feathers and then all of a sudden you see like this hand come through and it's the sexiest hand you've seen and you don't even care that it's just a hand. You want to see okay. more, right? Okay, it's see. that idea of more okay? and that like when you do finally get to it and I know plenty of burlesque dancers that don't get full nude. I know a lot of, well, most of them don't. <laughs> I know a lot of them that do get like down to like a little piece of tape it's up to you. Right. It's your and nobody's there to tell you like you have to be this much. You. have I think to show
1: that's this much. the. I was going to say. I think that's the biggest distinction. Mm-hmm. I would imagine is like you yeah. have complete control for it, and there's no expectation of.
0: And that's what makes it empowering. Okay. Is that it's it's your sexy. It's literally it's you, embodying your best self. You know. Is
1: okay, that what? But that makes sense. Yeah. So dealing with that, and then dealing with just. Dating. Hum- dating. <laughs> well, Human interaction is yeah. just crazy. I think, but,
0: I think people yeah. like, so I think my biggest challenge with dating before was like, people like the idea of me. Mm. And and this, I think, will add up to kind of like your whole, an answer for your whole thing of like dating performers in general. Like, you know, it, it, it is, it's a lot of work. And it's all the time thing. Like, I see, there are days that I'll see crews for five minutes at a time. And it's when we got up, And when I got home. Or sometimes it's when I'm in between the next thing going to the next thing because I come home really quickly to change, to go to the next show, to go to do something else because I'm hustling, right? It's – people like the idea of a performer because you like the idea of being kind of in that limelight a little bit, you know, of, oh, I get to say I'm with this person. But what comes with being with that is picking that person up when they're really fucking low and picking that person – like on days that it's hard to pick that person because they, it feels like they're picking everyone but you and know that at the end of the day, I would rather pick you, you know, like, and that's, and that's, I think, what keeps us so strong is that, like, at the end of the day, I'm always like, you know, I pick you. Like, and if it comes down to it and that's the decision, I will at the end of the day, of course, you know, pick you. Um, it is, it's important to make that time. And and to make those sacrifices and having a person who's along for that ride, because it really is. I mean, you also have to stand. I mean, it's not even just the time that you spend outside of it. You know, like I'm not talking to you. I'm writing right now. I'm not doing this. I'm working on my on my yeah, recording right that now. That like
1: the solo, you're not with the band. You're not with mm-hmm. the perfor- fellow performers. But you're still doing something solo that has to contribute to what that's going to end up looking like. Mm -hmm. So therefore... I need to be on my own right now. Mm-hmm. I need to right. go in
0: that room and run my act like 19 times so you're going to hear the same song over and, <laughs> over and over and over and
1: over. So, so like the second Christmas together, you guys were really integrated. You're really in love. The best, that biggest Christmas present for that year, noise-canceling headphones.
2: Oh, I have yet
0: to get him noise-canceling headphones. That's this year's present. Oh my gosh. I need to get him that. How have I not? Um, but I think... I, really i'm I'm very blessed because he is so fucking patient, man. oh, he's so patient and just and and wonderful like because you have to dude not so that's what I was gonna say not only the time that like it takes away from us as a couple, but also even when you go to the show, like I have to talk to everyone else
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know I'm not even there with you, which was really hard i've man, I've had ugh, so many I had a dude. <laughs> Who came to a show mid show um, left? Right, so I'm on stage, I'm playing, and he's standing in the middle of the show and then, like, gives me this look of just like, oh, and leaves. Okay, and I can't do anything, like, right? I'm what am I gonna do, chase you? Yeah, no.
1: what is he expecting, right? To have a Hallmark moment off the stage, like, right. no,
0: I mean. It, and and then came back. We finished playing, whatever. He didn't shut Came back after we were done. I was, like, loading out and came up and was like, oh, I felt like you sang that about me. I was like, excuse me? He was like, yeah, I was embarrassed because you sang that about me. And I was like, well, first of all, you're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you. Um, but second, like, how dare you behave like that? I was like, this is not going to fly at all. Like, You don't get to behave like that in my show. We dated for a little bit longer, but he was never allowed to come to shows again. Um, And that's
1: not going to last long. Oh,
0: no. That's my whole (laughs) life, dude. (laughs) It was like a pity month. Um,
1: Hey, listen, dude. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) Nobody knows who you are but me. I'll take a separate. Nobody knows you're here. You could leave. You did leave. And guess what happened? That little spot you had, it got taken. What the fuck do you think this is?
0: Dude, and also, I had written that song like a year before we had even met.
1: Oh, my God. So it
0: was like, it, even... it has a whole lot of egos, man. Egos. Egos. And,
1: crazy. And yeah. and
0: then it was like, you know, I I mean, I've had people I've been with that are like, oh, you're spending too much time talking to this person. I'm like, that's my job. Yeah. My job is to talk to these yeah, people. Yeah, that
1: is one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. So one of my buddies who's a comedian here, I've I become friends with him. Um, he, One of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me was if you ever start doing comedy, start doing shows, show up early to say hi to everybody mm-hmm. and make sure you stick around to say goodbye. Yep. Because especially as a comedian, he goes, this is what makes us different from musicians. You're going to go up there, you're going to be a fucking asshole sometimes and those people aren't going to like you for what you have to say. But if they have a idea of who you are before you get up there, they can at least see that as a character. Mm-hmm. And then when you say goodbye, and you're the same person. You had a great show. All right, you didn't make anybody mad, hopefully. You can't control mm-hmm. that, but hopefully, hopefully they come back. Mm-hmm. And again, that just that, that makes you a good person to say hello and yeah. goodbye. That's what you're taught as a kid, right? Say hi to your family members when they come by, say goodbye to your family members when they come by, mm-hmm. right?
0: Oh, it takes me half an hour to leave anywhere because oh, I have to I'm say sure. goodbye to everybody. Yeah. Like, and, but I that's use so
1: as but that's use a performer as a businesswoman, and that's also the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you right. say what's up to everyone that should Now, granted, we all want are playing out as let on last year you can't just say goodbye to thousands of people <laughs> but you know for now enjoy it you know mm-hmm. enjoy that shit Yeah that's yeah. crazy though for someone to get that's that's crazy
0: Dude and 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 it goes back to the the idea of a performer but really what comes along with it is all of this extra work and really like I mean somebody was like I want to like I want to date a guitarist just because I feel like it would be so wonderful and they can like sing me songs and all. that <laughs> like if you dated a guitar like, good luck <laughs> um but like it is like yes there are these cute moments that like that there are those cute moments that you get to be privy to right that you get to see this like oh i got to see when that was written i got to see what sparked them but if you don't want to be a part of that and you don't love it as much as your person loves it. Like that's the other thing. Is you have to find somebody that's like, "Oh, I get it." Yeah. I get it.
1: I yes. get what you're doing, you know? They love they love your passion through you. Mhm.
0: You see, yeah. dude, go go next show you go to, watch the crowd. Cuz you'll spot the partners. They're the they're at the front when they play. They're at the merch booth when they're done. They're there. They're their cheerleaders. They're their biggest things. Yep. Dude, and we should shout out our partners more. Like, it takes a lot to be along this road with us. It, it's hard to date a performer. It's really hard. Because you also have to not be jealous. Like, that was a big conversation that Cruz and I had, too, was I was like, I am asking a lot, and I know I'm asking a lot, because I'm asking you to blindly trust me that I'm going to go on the road, I'm gonna play in bars with a bunch of people that are gonna probably be attractive and probably not you know, but trust that like you are my choice and that like that's not gonna matter. You know, I'm gonna be in a in a van with five dudes <laughs> for <laughs> days on end.
1: They aren't gonna be attracted to me by day three, <laughs> motherfucker. Like just keep that straight. <laughs> they're gonna be sick of me. <laughs> they're gonna slow down to fifteen, throw me in front of the oh, house dude. and drive off.
0: Everybody tells the boys they're like they're like, Oh, is it is it hard traveling with a girl? And they're like, She's worse than us. Like, <laughs>
2: I'm
0: like I can get in a van
1: and roll dude. I am like
2: oh. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny.
1: Uh, well, it's important to have those conversations.
0: It is. It is. And I think and I think having honest conversations, you know and um and and now that being said you don't get to be a jerk and just like walk around and be like oh it's fine babe like we're just talking business like don't flirt don't be a jerk
1: no there's respect You know, there's They're respect all, at the core of any relationship exactly. romantic friendly business otherwise there's a level mm-hmm. of respect and with something like that it's it's more uh not precious but it's more like breakable that respect it's it's it, it's precious. It's more fragile. You're
0: you're right. It is precious. It is yeah. it, it can be fragile, and it can't because I mean I think depending on how you treat it, you can make it as fragile or not. Yeah. You know, um. But I think you're one hundred percent right. It is precious, and the thing that yeah, at the end of our at the end of the day, we have res- mad respect for each other. Um. Yeah. He like helped me through. A lot of this music career, which has been interesting, ups and downs and all of it, and crying many days in COVID of like, what am I going to do? I contribute nothing to this world. What was
1: was COVID life for the band?
0: For the band, it was, man, it was interesting because we went from, we were gigging hard. We were like on the road at least like one, if not two weekends out of the year. Like we do, I mean out of the year, out of the month, we would go like Colorado and then back and then Texas and then back and then like... Play, get in the car, drive. Yeah. Um, and then it was just stop. You know, it all was like gone. So and I think it was it was interesting because all of us got, I think everybody that hustled really hard got a much needed break. Um in In your questionnaire you sent me, right? You asked me, you're like, if you could have a million dollars and like all the things, like enough money to just have your dream job, what would it be? I'm like, stay at home dog mom.
1: little behind the scenes (laughs) of the podcast here. I have a little questionnaire (laughs) for some people. For all people, that's that's I'm not gonna put that down. Yes, yeah, and everyone a fucking yeah.
0: I loved it. I was like, oh yay!
1: <laughs> that's what I hope. That's what I hope. I because I was like, man, I don't know if I should do that or not, but I, I want to seem professional, but I want to seem unprepared. I can, I do my research. I do these. I, it came I do out enough. very
2: professional.
0: It came out very professional, and I think it was nice that you like. I think it was very nice that you asked. You know, like what would you like not want to talk about? What do you want to talk yeah. about? You know, it's very good. The questionnaire. Thank you. I loved it. Don't lose it. I, <laughs> I think love it. was you. a great. Con- yes. Thank you. So, As someone who has been on the sh- podcast and shows and things, that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I think it was a much, it was a big reset for me and it put a lot of shit into perspective for me. Um, and it was hard because we also lost our drummer in that time. Not, not that he died. He didn't die. <laughs> oh, I was like, ah, no, oh, I realized no. how that sounded. I realized how that sounded. He didn't die. He's very much alive. He's living his best life. He's coming back for my wedding. He's a great guy. Um, he's wonderful. No, he moved. Okay. Um, and, and it was one of those that like, you know, it was a move for his family and it made a lot of sense and, mm. you know, and you can't as much as you want to hold on to it. Yeah. Right. Nothing lasts forever.
2: Yeah. Fair like,
0: Um, and that was, I mean, that was devastating for me because it really felt like on top of COVID. Because you said you said
1: eight to 10 years he was in the band, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And so it was right when we had like barely started playing some shows again. We had just, we had that summer uh, music spot for Sawmill. Sawmill, like 2021, I think, or 20, yeah, 2021. Sawmill started doing their summer music series where they like, oh yeah i heard of that Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
0: and so we had one of their we had like their august slot and um we we had been asked to play a lot of shows and you know we as a band were very covid conscious because you know we had a lot of family members that were high risk in our little bubble and things and so we were taking it really easy but then when he broke that news to us it felt like oh it's over Mm. And I felt like, oh, my God, Red Light is over. And I, I really thought in, like, 2021 that, like, I was like, this is going to be the last show I play as Red Light Cameras. And um, and then Barney and I had a big discussion. So Barney and I have been through three outfits of this band um, and and remade it Trained new members, got them caught up, rewrote, found a new sound, did it again, and we had a big talk. And I was like, "Kid, do you want to do this anymore?" I was like, "Cause I don't know if I'm done. Are you done?" And he was like, "I'm not done." And so we we're like, "All right, boom." We put out uh, a Facebook of like, "Hey, does anybody like?" Barney was like, "List me your top 100 drummers," and then our dms were just like are you looking for a drummer so are you looking for a drummer and and i oh
1: shit how did that feel to get so um, many like whether it's suggestions whether it's like inquiries about it like that's gotta feel good
0: it was good it felt cool it was really cool
1: that's gotta feel good
0: <laughs> it felt good i mean it it's always baffling to me man like all of this stuff like i'm just like really <laughs> like, I think I'm such a dork. Like, I think I'm such a weirdo that, like, the the of people are like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm like, me? Like, <laughs> this one? I just, I, I'm thankful for it every time. And, and really, when everybody reached out and wanted to help, I was like, wow, that's awesome.
2: That's yeah, it's kick-ass. You know,
0: and it, it made me feel, it made me feel good about what we've done, you know? Because I feel like now... Like, (laughs) I'm in this, like, cocooning period where I'm just, like, trying to butterfly out. You know, I'm like, what is next for me in, like, music world? And what I want for, you know, our community and things. And I want to see our scene grow. And I want to make a music union where everybody's, like, getting treated well and getting, like, paid. And maybe if you prove, like, Austin has this music union where if you prove you gig enough... The, like the state provides you benefits, I would love. Oh if, shit!
1: Yes. No wonder there's so much fucking local music there. That stay. That's what's interesting about Austin is they have local music that stays mm-hmm. local, mm-hmm. like by choice. That makes a lot of sense.
0: And I want, and I want that for our city.
1: Wow, that's cool. you know.
0: And I want to like build something like that. So. So I don't know, like thinking about, I don't even know how we got on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: well, because how you were saying how after COVID, oh, uh, yeah. your your drummer left, you guys had the conversation of, hey, I'm not done. You're not done. Okay. Uh-huh. Sounds good. Let's get this shit back together. And then talk about your aspirations. Stuff. That's right. Fuck, that's a good, that's a good fucking idea.
0: Thank you. So everybody listening, this is my goal. Come, come to my hive. (laughs) Let's do this. Um, I'm calling on all of you, all those names written on that poster. Um, Yeah, it it was, it, and then, and then when we built this, this version of Red Light, it, it just kind of blew up again. Like it felt like a whole new surge of life and it felt like we got this new beast out of it, you know? And so it's been really, really fun and really exciting and just like getting to see how it's grown in that kind of crazy way. But I think that like as it continues, because I mean, I just want to see how far I can take this thing. I really think that it could be something really cool.
1: What was the retraining like for new people coming into the band? Between you and uh, between you and Barry and the people, Barney get people back together.
0: Yeah. So, um, luckily, I mean, these boys are great. Aaron Vega, who joined um, Justin Salazar, also they came r- homework ready. Aaron so plays. Aaron plays guitar. He, and
1: Justin is on drums. drums. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So Mag Kim, uh, who also had other uh, his other project in town it's called Jerending, um, but he joined after Chris left us, and that was pre COVID. So we had just got MAG all caught up, and we were starting to write new music with MAG when COVID hit. Mm. So then we were like, okay, then we weren't seeing each other. We weren't jamming. We weren't doing anything. It was, just, it was just practicing to survive, essentially, of like, let's just, we would just make a set list and practice that set list just so we could be able to play that, right? I mean, I
1: mean fair enough. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, and and then when Joey left and Barney and I had this talk, I was like, well, what if we really change it, dude? What if we like make it bigger? And Aaron and I, so the guitar, the other guitarist and I, work together. I have a Selena tribute band, and he's the guitarist for that. Pins the shirt. I'm he, sure. <laughs> I mean, I love him. Um, he he was the guitarist for that, and actually, we were at practice one day, and he started playing um, caged on guitar, like while we were setting up for Selena practice. And I was like, I know that. Like, where do I know that song? And I looked at him. I was like, how do I, I know that. And he's like, you do. It's yours. And i was just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's why. And, and then he played like four more like choruses of our, of my songs. Beautiful. And he was just, he's like, I'm just saying if you ever need a guitarist, I'm here.
1: Subtle fucking application right there,
0: right? I mean, and then and then, so I called him and I was like, "Hey, how would you feel?" And I mean, we now, I mean, it's electric. Like just getting up there, we we had a big discussion when the, they also joined, where I was like, "This is this is the train you're on." Nice, right? I was like, "This is how we again do professional."
1: Things. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, this is how we do things. This is what I expect. This is what we're going to do moving forward. And it's been that. And every show is professional and they fucking rock and we bring that like my concern was I was like, how am I gonna break in someone to get to our because we just go wild up there. you know, like Barney and I, like that's our release. like we just freaking let loose. It looks
1: We're, fucking cathartic. <laughs> it does. Like I because when I, again, when I first saw you guys play, I was at the like, uh, when I go to Launchpad, with very few exceptions, I like being at the top balcony mm-hmm. so I can see over and watch the whole production happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like releasing some demons up there. Mm-hmm. Just boom, explosive shit going on. So that makes perfect sense. Like,
0: that was Tuesday. That was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Just releasing it, was it was that bitch at
1: Starbucks. Yep.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and, and, and it takes a lot. To build to that. Like that doesn't just happen. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that like in the work that I've done with like other performers in town too, you know, where I'm like, hey, step up there. Like, come on, go out there. You're singing step stuff forward. Hey, is that your guitar solo? Go. Get in the front. Get forward. Be there. You know? Um, and and that's it's something you have to grow into and something that yeah. you have to find within yourself. Because it's uncomfortable to watch when it doesn't work, <laughs> you know, when it's like forced, but when you find it yeah. and when you find, cause it's not going to look the same for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, Leroy, I'm, I call him my son. Um, just watching it. Like, cause he gets out on like the speakers, which is like my move. And I'm just like, yes, do it, do it, do it. You know? Um, and you see each other and you're just like, fuck yeah. Like I'm so proud that like you are brave enough. Yeah, Because it's bravery. It's being brave because you're like breaking that fourth wall there, right? And I mean, a majority of times you see like some, like, I mean, it's, it's very hard. I see so many, I guess I shouldn't say majority, but there's like, there's so many times you see very talented, fucking amazing, talented musicians who play like this and who do their whole show like this. You know yeah. that if you just brought it up, and well, brought it, it diminishes.
1: Out, I don't know how it does it, but it diminishes the sound. It diminishes your power. Like like, like the way the way as an odd, mm-hmm. as an audience member, I feel like your body, no matter how great you are on your instrument or mm-hmm. as a vocalist, your body language like diminishes the effect of the music.
0: Uh huh. Well, if you're doing, think about it. If you're doing everything here, it's just here. Yeah. Your show is right here if you're walking around and doing this and you're walking around and like going like, and not making you're, you're it's here and you're right. It gets quiet. It, and even though it isn't quiet, even though it's like magnified because it's in a microphone, it's quiet.
1: It feels quiet. It does. Yeah. But
0: if you open it up, right. And like you bring it out, it brings this whole other element of the show. And then you get to feel how they feel and that's what stra- like makes you do it again.
1: You bring up Leroy. What has it been like? And we talk, we've obviously like sprinkled on this throughout. What has it been like for you being able to personally mentor f- a few people in the scene? Because I've, both on the podcast and off, I've had a few people. So I'm like, yeah, she helped me out with this. She helped me out through this rough time. She really helped our band get it together or like... Uh, Yeah, I was really. I didn't know if I wanted to do this anymore, but she really. She didn't talk me into it. She reminded me of why I love it, like being able to like influence like that and be able to really again like mentor younger musicians. Being being that person that can be at the top of their game, but also like prepare the next like like the next guard that comes Mm -hmm. in like what is that what has that done for you as a performer what has that done for you as a musician as a person like how does that affect the way you go about things now
0: yeah i mean i mean i think that we talked about it a little bit before right of you know keeping something for yourself where it's like why i mean i'm not the most talented person i'm not i'm not the best person on stage like i can i hold my own but like why why keep it for me why not Give it to everybody else. And, and for me, I don't see the scene as like red light cameras is the scene. I see the scene as it, it is us. You know, I want our scene to be good. And if that means that I'm going to help you be a better musician, then fuck yeah. Because I want everybody to know how fucking talented you are and how amazing you are. Because that's not how, dude, not helping each other reach our full potential is not how we get better. Right? <sighs> and you can see it in each other. Yeah. And and whether you use that to I mean I think people do one or one of a few things. You either see it, you recognize it, and you use it to make you better. You see it. You're threatened by it and you let it control you or let it like affect you in a negative way. You see it and you run from it because you just don't know what to do with it, right? So for me, I want everyone to see it. I want everyone to see it and lean in. And if I can help you, then I want that. And I feel like one day I'm not going to play anymore, right? Like I've already – No. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no you're gonna All be- my friends are going to keep playing. <laughs>
0: I mean, I've, I've already got my chiropractors like, you put yourself through a car accident every show. He's like, your neck is fucked.
1: <laughs> you know what? I was thinking that. So because I went to Sister last Saturday when the Slums were playing. Mm-hmm. And there, props to them, because there's a fucking mosh pit they opened up. And I was mm-hmm. shocked. But anyway, I woke up the next morning, and my neck was just like, Oh God Christ. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting into a really every time after a concert where I like head man, I'm going around. I think about a really nasty car accident I got into in twenty seventeen where I had bad whiplash for like five days. Like five days my neck was like
2: Ugh.
1: oh shit. And granted after a concert's like a day, maybe a day and a half if you went hard. But I'm thinking about it, like how are these performers Going like fucking this and going, like, <laughs> and going all this nonsense. Tiger bomb. Like, yeah? <laughs> well, fuck. If that's the secret, I'm going to buy a Costco-sized thing <laughs> a tiger bomb. God. <laughs> but no, I, I think about that, about the wear and tear that happens. Mm-hmm. You, I guess unless you consciously have to think about it as an audience member, it's that's that's not what registers to you. It's really not. Mm-mm.
0: Did you watch The Wrestler?
1: Um, when it, with uh, Mickey Rourke, mm-hmm. when it first came out, yeah. So,
0: I think that that movie is a great movie for performers to watch, because it shows our
1: world so well. Well, who fucking works, I mean, there are, like, some hard, bad, obviously, like, the, the actual combat sport and mm-hmm. the world, wild, boxing, fucking UFC, all those guys are, like, obviously, I most respect, you know, but... The guys, I never really understood how hard pro wrestlers went until they started going on a podcast and talking about it in long form. Like Undertaker, he went on Rogan last year or two years ago, and he just talked about how, yeah, out of 365 nights a week, I wrestled 310. Dude. You're getting put through a table 310 nights a week.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Staple guns through your arm. Like, yeah.
1: It's insane.
0: I mean, yeah. and and the things we do for the thing we love. Yeah. Right? The things we put ourselves through. But
1: All right, next time I go to a fucking Red Light Cameras, if there's not a motherfucker can put through a table, <laughs> I'm going to submit a formal complaint to your manager. Hey, I Wait. was perform I was promised performal or professional wrestling at this venue. <laughs> Where's my staple gun? She said
0: <laughs> <laughs> She said it's happening. Hey, that hair flip? That's yeah. my staple gun. No.
1: No, like <gasps> yes, I was I was you took the words out of my mouth. The way you fucking move and run and you're swinging, you're what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, again, I just think about the whiplash that I get after an hour of a set, and I'm like, I'll never be a musician. <laughs> I'll never do it. <laughs> oh, but do it. It's fun. I'll <laughs> stick. I'll stick to, to stand up. I'll stick to uh. Hey,
0: stand up pro- is hard.
1: Professional shit talking. I'll I'll stick to that.
0: Do it. I'm excited. I'm gonna come see you. Oh, oh boy! I'm excited.
1: Well, I gotta start writing then. Shit, <laughs> writing good things. Is I write every day, but good stuff is maybe ten of it. So ten percent of it so far, <laughs> so far. But anyway, so I was talking about performing and oh, my babies. Yes, yes. So yeah, the influence. Yeah, no, the influence you've had on the scene. Like, how does that influence you as a musician, as a person, as a performer?
0: Um, I. I mean it influences me to do better, to keep doing it, to keep doing more. Um I'm really I love what I do. I love what I do and I think that like the turn, I mean man, our scene changed so much after COVID. After COVID cuz all all these people who are sitting at home just playing music
2: they figured it out. And
0: figuring it out and then and came out hot. Like like I watched a lot of these bands, like there's a growing period for a lot of bands, right? Where like you play some little shows here and there and you kind of like work your way in. There was a lot of bands that came out the gate just good to go, ready and hot. Um, And I think that as, as a musician, it makes me feel good because I feel like what I've done, I'm like, I'm sharing what I've learned. You know, I'm sharing what I've learned and that's and that's what, it's good karma.
2: Yeah.
0: It's good karma. And it's good music karma. And then I think as like, as a member of the community, like, that's what I wanted. You know, we talked about how hard it was for me when I started, you know, and that I was like, I don't want to create that community. I don't want that to be our community You know, and the people that like, the thing is, is that the people that did accept us, like when we got into that community, I will never fucking forget them. I have watched a lot of their kids and I love them all. And they're just (laughs) like, and and those are friendships that I'll like never let go of, you know, because they gave me that chance and they gave me that moment. And I was like, I want to be that person for someone, you know, and I think that that's how we make ourselves better. And, and like I told you, you know, making... I want to play on a playing field with the best. Yeah. I want to be out here with the best. I don't want to be the best against some like other mediocre things. I want to be in a good playing field where we're all lifting each other up and doing this. And so I feel like that's what I'm contributing by doing that.
1: Well, elevate you Mm -hmm. inherently. And I'd imagine that obviously I'm not in a place like you are, but like being able to inspire others and give mentorship to others that only makes you better, like you just said, right? And then when you elevate people to your level or close to it, right? And they obviously they, they have to do their own work. We've talked about, but as they elevate and get to your level, it's the uh, iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. and steel sharpens yes. steel. Yes, and like and that, and I've told them this at fucking nauseam, but my like the guys that I've come friends with the slums. Like I tell them like like that's why I fuck with you guys so hard. I tell I tell it to the mango cakes. Mm-hmm. I tell it to the side the especially Jaron over to Side Montero. Mm-hmm. I tell these guys like I fuck with you guys and I hang out with y'all because you guys I get done watching your show. I get done talking to you guys on and off camera. And I'm like, I gotta get my shit together. I now wanna go work harder. Mm-hmm. I now want to go and do these things better. And I have like My friends I've known for over a decade and they're all in this house. Like my three roommates, (laughs) I've known those fuckers for over 10 years and I love them to death. And they push me to fucking work harder and be better. I mean, I mean, they've let us have this space for almost three hours. Mm -hmm. You know, they are so supportive of me and I could not be, I could not be, you know, happier about it. Thank you, roommates. Yeah. Minus the, uh, the, uh, the the little microwave beeping in the back, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's having people in, in your purview no matter how close or you know far away from you they mm-hmm. are, having those people in your life is is very important in general, but especially so if you're doing something of any kind of creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. Any kind, you need to have the people that push you to do better. And then if you can elevate and motivate people to be better than that, I mean, fuck, that's got to be awesome.
0: Dude, and also not just the people that are going to push you to be better, but the people that are going to have those hard conversations with you yeah. you know that are going to say like, hey – like don't get in your own way, you know, and that like because for me like, having
1: yes men is never good.
0: I was just gonna say I'm like yes men are like the worst friends to have, yeah. you know, because it's not gonna make you better. You need those people that are gonna like in are gonna tell you the truth in all of it too.
1: So at one point for your, at what point for yourself because obviously you had to have hit a point where where a lot of people are telling you you guys are great, you guys are great, you guys are great. At what point did you stop? Because I know that like. That's something that I struggle with where it's like I don't accept hardly anybody telling me that I'm good at anything because I don't know if I've earned it yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for yourself, when did you get to the point where it's like, oh, wait, I'm – no, I'm talented. They're right. (laughs) Yeah, I am good. I am great. Hey, wait a minute. Was there a moment where that clicked or was that like a gradual over time where it's like, hey, I'm going to become more comfortable with this? 'Cause I've got a bad habit of giving people advice that I don't follow. Mm-hmm. And I was telling that to Nick mm-hmm. from the slums. I was like, allow yourself to succeed, man. Yeah. Allow that to happen, but I can't let that for myself to happen quite yet. Mm-hmm. Was there ever that time for you? Or is that just like a onset thing?
0: I mean it, it's at depends. some point you
1: it, gotta say yes to your appraisers, right?
0: Yeah, I mean yes and yes and. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I think it's I think it's a day to day thing. I think that there's some days that I'm like, fuck, yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like a million bucks. I'm on top of the world. I got a TV show coming out. Like, I feel amazing. Which we're still then... going to get to. <laughs> yes. But then but then there's other days that you're just like, man, it's really hard to be me today. And I think that, that that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, like, <sighs> I am such a... I am my heart, like everybody, you hear people say like, I am my harshest critic. Like I am, I am my harshest critic. I critique myself as a performer so much that I think a lot of people like don't realize. They're like, oh, you look like you're having so much fun and you're so free. I'm like, I am, I am. But a lot of that comes from me also doing all of this really like hard work with myself. Yeah. You know? Um, And it's hard to sometimes hear, you know, oh my gosh, you're so great. Cause it's, like there's part of you that doesn't believe it. And I think that that's like, there's part of me that doesn't let my self believe it, you yeah. know? Um, and, and I feel like I have imposter syndrome a lot where I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm doing this thing and it's so weird. Like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> How do you
1: remedy that? Cause it, even in this with its I infancy, know. like I, like I had that. That's why I put it on my story a couple weeks ago. Like I looked at my roster or my roster, my, uh, my mm-hmm. schedule it's so like I'm booked out till fucking November. Yeah. With like two to three guests so why? Because I think But I, why? How I, do you, how do you remedy that as a person?
0: It's gonna sound it's gonna sound cliche, I think, a little bit. But I I think of the sun. Um <laughs> it sounds so stupid. I think of the sun. Um, because there's so many times that like I dampen my shine, right? And we, we as people dampen our shine for other people. And I think that we are the first people to tell ourselves, like, no, you can't celebrate, right? And it feels like we are so ingrained as humans to be like, oh, the betterment of other people, like, be humble, be this, be, be you know, if you, if you do advocate for yourself, you're coming off as cocky, you're coming off as arrogant, you're coming off in this weird way. So we, we take it away from ourselves before someone else does right it's easier for me to tear myself down than to have somebody else tear them tear me down cuz that'll hurt more so i'm going to do it before someone else can right right so i think that we get in our own way in that sense i think of the sun because who fights the sun no one i'm going to be the sun and in those moments i think of being the sun of like no one's going to fight me because I'm a giant ball of fire and like I'm <laughs> coming at you. And and you remember that like that you – you like we've been talking about, right? There's so many other – there's this bigger collective of we. There's this bigger collective of community and all these things and fit, finding your place in that. But remembering that you are the only one of you. There is no other you. And that's what makes me be like, fuck yeah. I'm I am the only me. Like, I may not be the most talented person on that bill that night, but there is no other Amanda Michon on that bill. You know? And kind of be the son.
1: That's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> that was that was motivational as shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um yeah, no, that's that's but, a damn good mentality. I, I have nothing for that. That was just amazing. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> I'm My whole thing, my, my only purpose right now is to not be speechless. That's my <laughs> only thing. Cheers. <laughs> it, it, cheers. Yes. That's <laughs> awesome.
0: Hmm. So on the next day. Yes. That you've got your, what am I doing here? Why am I having this podcast? It's because you're the sun. <laughs> No, I'm going to fight the sun.
1: I'm going to kick down my fucking roommate's door. I'm the sun, bitch. and then <laughs> close it. He won't Please know what dude. the fuck is going on. He Please will not do. know what the fuck is going on.
0: I really hope someone calls me and is just like, so, so, they told me they're the sun, and I just...
1: I was told to bill you for the damages.
0: I mean, they just kept screaming, I am the only me. I
2: don't
1: know. Um, so, the y- Oh, man, so I saw that teaser for your new your new show. Yes, and I got to be honest, it fucking blew me away. It <laughs> Thank looked you. no, because like that's what, and that's why. So you brought up a little bit earlier how like you went to um South by Southwest that first time. It wasn't the best experience for you like as a band, but then you came back and everyone was like, "Oh fuck, you fucking went to South... that's awesome! Mm-hmm. You went to South by Southwest. This is awesome." <laughs> so. That's the feeling that I got. I know a lot of our mutual friends got when that dropped because it's like, oh shit! Like Albuquerque's getting another really cool professional thing. This is fucking awesome. So, what made you? And this is a question that I had uh, for for a guest that I had a few more than a few months ago. She she does a lot of like social media marketing and like highlighting of uh, local. Local businesses in New Mexico and like uh just fun things to do here and amazing things, like cause I would I would imagine again being born and raised here, that's quite the endeavor mm-hmm. because of how much negative and uh how much like um like metaphorical but also literal violence that is here mm-hmm. in Albuquerque. What made you want to say, yeah, I'm gonna go do something that's highlighting the city that I live in?
0: Um, so my biggest thing, I, I love Albuquerque. I think we are a little diamond in the rough, um, out here in the desert and it really breaks my heart when, cause you hear it so much. People are like, oh, there's nothing to do. Oh, it's Albuquerque. Oh, it's this bro. Go outside and look like there's so many cool things happening. Um, I think so. So embracing this and embracing this like love letter. One of one of the things the crew and I we were talking about while we were filming this show was that this is we want this to be like our love letter to
1: Albuquerque. So were you approached to do this, or is this is like a brainchild of yours? They approached me. Okay.
0: Yeah. They approached okay, cool. me to do it. Just, just so we can
1: set the stage for what this yeah, started so, out as. So
0: what this is is so the show is actually part of a streaming app. It's called Very Local. Okay. And so the app is the idea behind the app is that it's supposed to bring you closer to like your local city and also as like a travel app for people outside to get an insider's idea of that city, right? Because it's so easy to go on and Google Milwaukee and be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go to this place. But how many times have you been to a city where you're like Oh, I Googled this spot and all the locals are like, "Nah, dude, you can't go there. That's the worst. You well, have to go to this. Well,
1: even like a Sunday night here and I'm like, fuck, I don't really know what's open right now. Where do I want to eat? And I look up food and it gives me fast food restaurants.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what
1: if I want fucking local? Like, right.
0: Right. So this app is very local. It's all about, <laughs> it's all You're about You're a like, great the local spokeswoman. <laughs> Thank I you. I see what <laughs> um, Comes with it, right? With a smile. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, and I, and that's what excited me about the project was I was like, oh, we're not just going to be covering the things that people know Albuquerque for, right? Like we're known for balloons and we're known for Chile and things like that. But there's also a really amazing, I mean, we are, the National Institute of Flamenco is based out of New Mexico here for the country.
1: I did not know that.
0: We have an amazing I mean, we know we have the lowrider community. We have an amazing B-boy community that is out here as well. We also have, like, great people. Like, there's so many great things that we got to highlight in this show, you know, um, that aren't normally highlighted. And the biggest thing, like you even mentioned, you know, there's kind of this underending of, like, tone of, oh, Albuquerque's really violent. You go to any city, you have that. Yeah. Ours just had a show made out of it. You know, I mean, you go anywhere and they're like, "Oh, Albuquerque, oh Breaking Bad," yeah. right? Everybody knows us for Breaking Bad. I'm like, "Have you been to the Appalachian oh. Mountains? <laughs> There's a lot of drive there, um, but <laughs> 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 a lot of other things too. <laughs> um, Fuck. Like, there are scary places all over.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of scary places. We just happen to be the prettiest. I know. I'm sorry." <laughs> But, yes. our skies,
0: <laughs> but our skies, bro. But our skies, yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm very proud of this city. And also, being a touring musician, like for a while, Albuquerque became, and it, and it was for many reasons. Like we, we were, we're a great stop city. If you look at like a tour map, we're a great stop city to stop in. But a lot of bands started passing us over and New Mexico really became a like drive day state for a lot of places. because
2: yeah.
0: and, and that's on us. That's on us, Albuquerque. Show up to local shows. Show up. If you see somebody is touring, go and show up. Go and see them. But we started doing that again. We started doing that and we started showing up and we started leaning in to our city. And that made people come. And that made people come and, and, and understand and, and contribute to it. So (sighs) Albuquerque has this thing where we're very precious. And I tell people, I'm like, listen, if you, you know, when someone from Albuquerque loves you, cause they love you, they either can't, I mean, you either don't know where you stand with them (laughs) or they love you. Yeah. And, and that's because we love fiercely and we protect what's ours fiercely. Right. Right. To a detriment sometimes, I think. I think that sometimes we get in our way of that, of like not embracing the cool things that come to our city, you know, and that could make our city better and make our city bigger and better. I'm hoping that this show not only gets to show everybody else how cool and how wonderful we are, but also us. Because I think that there's a lot of us as locals here that are stuck in this mindset of like, oh, well, we're just Albuquerque. Let's change that. Yeah. Let's change that narrative. Like we're not just Albuquerque. Like um, Kate Gerwin said it really well. She says we're making waves in the desert, and I want to be part of that ocean. I want to make waves in this desert, you know. And when she told me that, I was like, "Yeah, we're making that was in waves. the teaser." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're making waves in this desert, and I've just I've carried that with me since she said that, and I was just like, "Yeah, like it's it should be this cool." It, it, we get in our way where we aren't seeing it. And I really hope that it's going to be this cool thing that locals love as much as I love it. Cause I really had a lot of fun doing it and I feel like you're going to watch me just be the gigantic dork that I am. <laughs> and I hope you have fun and I hope that it's fun. Um, Cause we had a lot of fun doing it, but yeah. Yeah.
1: That's so fucking awesome. I'm excited <laughs> to see it. No, for real. I'm super fucking excited to see it. Um, yeah, so you can
0: you can stream it.
1: Yes. So that's the best I was, way I was to see saying, it. So the app is called Very Local. Yes. Okay.
0: Very Local is the app. And you have a um, premiere happening yes. on Friday. Friday is our premiere. Yes. Um, it is a free premiere down at the chemo. So if anybody wants to free. come...
1: Free. Free, you fucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> free. Come. Oh, my gosh. Let's show up, Albuquerque. Because also... The thing is, is that if we show them that we are here and there's we're, an
1: appetite for it,
0: yes, that there's an appetite for it, then we're going to get more things like this and we're going to yep. get more recognition, you know? Um, yeah, come see it. The premieres on, on Friday, the 25th, the premiere of the show where it's going to be available streaming and we're going to release one every week. Um, it starts on the 24th. So that's this Thursday.
2: Okay. Sweet. Yes.
0: Um, and, Sweet. and you can download the very local app. It's also going to be available on like all major streaming services, so like Amazon Fire, like Roku as well. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, all of your
2: big streaming. Yeah, there's platforms. money behind it.
1: Hell yeah. Fuck. Okay, so the okay, so Thursday they can download the app and get well. The app's available now, but the actual episode is available on Thursday. Yes. Friday at the chemo at six. Mm-hmm. Right. Six
0: thirty. Six thirty is doors. Okay. Yes. Come. We're gonna do like a little step and repeat. There, the bar is gonna be there and things, and then awesome. we'll start the viewing at seven thirty.
1: Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's almost. That's about three hours right there. <gasps> Have
0: we been talking for three hours?
1: That's about three hours. It's just been a breeze. This has been a fucking <laughs> blast. I am so glad that you came by and we got to do this. Yes. This has been. Yeah, I've been. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so I'm glad that we could. I think. Frankly, this has been one of the quickest turnarounds between "Hey, I wanna," "Hey, we're doing it," Mm -hmm. that I've had. Because there's like a few, there's like a very, very few. Like, okay, if I get to land this person, I will move things around. I will Mm -hmm. make exceptions, and (laughs) this is one of them right here. Hey, this is this has been a fucking blast.
0: I I make shit happen, Noah. If I want it to happen, I make shit happen. So thank you for having me. That's why
1: you're on top. This has been (laughs) fucking awesome. Um, Does Red Light Cameras have anything new coming out? Any new shows coming up?
0: So we are on a brief hiatus. I'm getting married. So we're taking a little break. But we are working on recording. Sweet. We're going to be releasing our new single, Mahal, hopefully this fall. Um, and then we have another single, which I'm super proud of. It's called "Tiny Circles," and it's just—it's really just lovely. And uh, we're actually going to be recording that, hopefully, before Christmas. So.
1: Hell yeah! Yeah. All right. Well, this—this this has been a blast. Seriously, I—I I could not be more thankful for tonight. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Yes. And thank you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Holy. Yay, I am a happy camper. (laughs)